Donovan, I feel like last week's episode was like tailor-made for you. You Word. know, the topic of the whole thing was like every NBA team's biggest problem. So basically it was like, let's go team by team and hate on some shit. <laughs> this week, we're flipping in reverse. We're going to talk about the most underrated players in the NBA. We're going to get flowers. I have to give love? Positivity? This one's tough. <laughs> no, it's not tough. built for it. All right. It's not my bag. It's not my bag. I'm letting you. I'm letting you understand. It took me a while to prep for this one. I had to go down <laughs> the list to see who's truly underrated. You had to, you had to dig deep you. in your heart to go ahead and find some positivity by each and every single player or team. <laughs> it took me days. We gotta keep a Donovan hater counter because he's gonna find ways to hate in an episode tailored to positivity. We gotta put a quarter in the swear jar every time he finds a way to do it. <laughs> That's hilarious, bro. Yeah, man. If you're watching on YouTube. Drop a like and subscribe. If you're on audio platforms, rate us five stars, leave a review, all that. Follow us on all socials, yada, yada, yada. Simple and plain. Today, we're all going to have 10 players we got to talk about as being underrated. They're ordered one through 10. So like the title says ranking, you know, orders doesn't really matter. The main point is we think these 10 players deserve more recognition. Today, we're going to give it to them. I mean, I don't really don't know, don't know what to say. Crayon eaters rejoice! All right, before before we get started on us giving our list of underrated players in the league, did y'all see the report that the NBA is apparently looking into their rules this offseason to think about if they've gone too far with offense? You know, that's been the narrative for a long time. And apparently Adam Silver is finally agreeing, and they can take a look at it. Look at Adam Silver. <laughs> let, let, me, let, me clap, <laughs> let me clap it up for Adam Silver, because I, I hate on Adam Silver a lot. And this is something that, even though that we've talked a bunch about where like, yes, the scoring's up and there's like multiple reasons why. And it, it, it isn't just NBA players don't know how to play defense, but being able to like put rules in the game to make it feel a little bit more balanced. That's, that's going to do like numbers. And it's going to be massive for a lot of, I think, casual fans who look at the game, look at box scores and you turn on, you know, you turn on games on a Tuesday night and it's like, 140 to 142 no no overtime what's going on these guys aren't playing defense like it's going to do a lot for the visual of the league so i i think if they make the right rule changes this can be really good hmm. makes sense what do you think mo i agree um the, it's like looking back at it from like let's say 2015 i think there were about like 20 20 point per game scores that year and now all the way almost nine years later or whatever in the year 2025, 2024, my bad. There's 45. We fucking more than double that shit. Whew. That is absolutely insane. You know, folks off people yeah. like Cam Tom's out here giving 20 points per game on a basis. And they're like, all right, this is a little bit too much. It's a little bit too much. <laughs> we, we need some goddamn rule changes. I understand yeah. it. It is more. The NBA genuinely is more skilled. That's just how t things are when it comes to making advancements in whatever part of your life it, it is. And like, I understand it. And I think it's a, it's a good change. It's a good change that needs to probably happen. And we'll see if there actually is a change. All it says is the NBA competition committee has officially begun reviewing whether the game has become too advantageous for offense and whether some changes need to be implemented to achieve better balance. So we'll see what that looks like. I feel like the thing people go to a lot as like the obvious one that could change is removing defensive three and seconds in the paint. Mm -hmm. That makes the most sense, right? That wasn't a thing until the 2000s when they added it to try to make more spacing. It was like, the express purpose was to drive offense. Now, you know, with the express purpose being the other way, it makes total sense to just remove that rule and go back to the way it was when the sport was first started, you know, the way it is internationally. I like that a lot. Some of the other changes are a little too ambitious for me. Like, 
they're never going to like bring back full on hand checking, right? Like they're not going to allow that. Mm-hmm. What, what other changes would y'all like to see that are realistic? Hmm. I'm, I don't, I don't know. I think like the, the hand checking one for me is one that I think can't like the full on hand checking. Like you said, I don't think that that's going to get back to it, but I would like to see some level of like physicality on, on the, the perimeter. I think, I think in, instituting that or, or making sure that it's like a point of emphasis to not call as many touch fouls on the, uh, on, on the outside, that, that could be good. The other day, right. Whenever this was reported, I saw this picture of like the three point line being changed. And so people were saying, you know, say goodbye <laughs> to say, say goodbye to the corner three and basically making the NBA court look like an LA fitness court. I don't, I don't know if I love this. Oh, um, that'd be awful. I'd hate that. Yeah. That'd be terrible. Yeah, be no, tr- no, it would ruin the no game. No corner is crazy. But no, that would never be. That'd be ridiculous. I mean, they've messed yeah. with the they've messed with the three point line before, so it, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if they came out. Well, actually, that I'd lie. It would shock me, but it wouldn't be like there is no precedent for messing around with the three point line in the NBA. For sure, that that would, I think that would ruin it a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. But I, I see what you mean. I also seen people say like uh, if they're not going to remove three seconds entirely, uh, narrow, make the paint more narrow like it mm-hmm. used to be. You know, they widened the paint back in the day. I think it was to make Kareem less overpowered, so he couldn't camp out in the paint. They made mm-hmm. it a, they they changed all the stuff, so there's less space. You know, you, you got to move out further when you're you got to get out of the paint. Yeah, I can see that, but I don't know. <laughs> this tweet pulled up is hilarious. Said the league removing defense in three seconds and Wemby sophomore year, he's really going to be the goat. <laughs> That'd be <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, no, this guy, this I don't, guy's going to be amazing. They do that. He's just going to camp is, out all day. Yeah, no, nah. I like that. I like that idea. I don't think they necessarily need to like completely get rid of it. But I think instead of seeing it go from like three seconds, maybe take it to like seven seconds, double that time in five. one plus one. You know what I'm saying? I think that'll make a huge difference. Fucking, I think Luka Doncic was on JJ Reddick's podcast and he was talking about like how the, the, the level of difficulty it is to score in the NBA. And he was talking about how in the EuroLeague, of course, I think you mentioned this earlier, Isaac, that you can camp out there as long as you want. And that's why obviously it's just so hard. And he, and he times it every single time perfectly in the NBA. As soon as someone's out of the paint, to go time. Attack that motherfucker in front of you and just get to the basket. And you can do that 90% of the time. And with having someone be there double the amount of time, of course, like I expect Luka Dunn just to still go ahead and do Luka things. But you have to imagine not everyone in the entire NBA has that same eliteness in terms of making that read as quick enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, it's interesting. I'm really interested to see what their takeaways are because obviously there's a lot of outrage around like, oh, the scoring numbers are so high. And like Donovan said, the casual fan viewpoint is like they don't play defense these days. So even though we know that's not true and a lot of that is overblown from, you know, just like, like I said, a casual perspective. Now, I don't mean casual in an insulting way. I mean, like literally they're not that into the weeds. So like, how could they know? I could still see because that's a common sentiment among casual fans, which is how the NBA makes their money. I could see them wanting to, you know, try to fix that from that perception because, you know, perception is reality for these fans that they want to make hardcore fans. If they're not going to be willing to do that because they feel like there's no defense, maybe they got to make them not feel that way, even if it's not necessarily a real issue. Yeah, and we've seen we've seen a couple uh, a couple changes like in the past couple of years where like the like the the rip through was was taken out. Trey Young and James Harden's uh, signature move where they you know they kind of like. Jail. They yeah, put someone they, in jail they, behind their back. Yeah, exactly. Right. They they get in front of you, jump back into you to to get the foul. The take foul has been taken out. They've already taken steps to make it to make it one 
not as um, offensively oriented, but also just for the flow of the game. And so I think, I think a lot that they can do is they can implement a lot of rules from like FIBA, from from like your leagues. Because whenever you watch those games and you watch international games, and you'll see it this year, I, is it this year? I guess with the Olympics. Yeah. 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 So you'll see it. Those games go super, super quickly because the number of timeouts aren't the same, right? The three-point line is is in. All the all the rules are, are very different, and the the game feels like a very, very different game than what we're used to seeing on a, on a normal basis. So I think you can take a lot of what you see in the offseason, and then we can go into next season and have some some ideas. Mm. One thing, yeah. One, one thing, and I have no idea if this is offensive or defensive or whatever. Let's get rid of. The, the block charge. I, I've i been, pe- people were saying it at the end of last year and they've died off, right? Because people aren't jumping over everybody anymore. But I'm still standing. out. Exactly. <laughs> but I'm still, listen, I'm still standing on it. I do not think that the charge, ta- standing and taking the charge is not, that's not a basketball play in in my opinion. I think that Well, that hurt defenses a lot to take that out. That would I, make defense a, that that's a crutch for defenses need that if you want to worry about helping them. And that's and that's why I said I don't know if it's offensive or defense. I'm just talking about rule changes at this point and I just had to get this off my chest. We got to get rid of that <laughs> cuz it's not a basketball play. You just can't do it. Well, listen. That's going to add another 1.5 points to everybody's offensive efficiency if you take that out because now they don't got to worry about somebody rotating in and drawing a charge. Everybody's getting slammed on. Well, listen, if it means that we're forcing <laughs> people if it means that we're forcing people who are six ten and seven feet to jump up and actually try and block a shot rather than, than take a charge, I'll be okay. I'll be just You're gonna fine. ruin big Jalen Williams' career. Oh, oh my goodness, bro. <laughs> jump. <laughs> uh, one of the most disgusting yeah, things I've seen over the last five years of my life in person while I was hooping at a LA Fitness basketball court, I saw someone attempt to take a charge while someone else is driving at the rim, bro. It was See, that's cowardly, disgusting, no life. <laughs> It just Why do like, they do it? Who's who's calling the foul? There's no ref there. I don't know. It's <laughs> embarrassing as hell. That's it, that, understand. That's Kyle Lowry's impact. That that's, <laughs> that's what he's done. That's what he's done. Imagine being at LA Fitness and calling your own charge <laughs> on the defense. <laughs> Shut up. Hey man, you charged me. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Shut up. Girl, that's some crazy. shame, bro. Girl, some shame. But if this, if a change was to be made in NBA and defense was a little bit more emphasized, something that I'm actually looking forward to happening is a certain type of archetype of player being welcomed and accepted back into the league, um, widely at least. And I'm talking about like the one-way player archetypes who strictly are only happen. like defenders. The Jarrett Vanderbilt of the world, he can get away with it because like he does a little bit more than just like straight up play defense, ball handling, play make just a little bit and all that other shit. But where are the Andre Robersons of the world? You know what I'm saying? I miss those type of guys. Europe, that's where they're at. That's just not gonna happen. <laughs> no rule change is gonna make it so you don't have to be a shooter at all. We've really, we've come too far. NBA minds are too smart. No rule change is gonna fix that shit unless they take away the three point line. There was a clip. There was like a, a cut up this week of Andre Roberson highlights of him just yeah yeah this one. he was the last O and D player. player. It's a three minute highlight clip of him airballing, hitting the side of the backboard, and I saw this and instantly forgave Kevin Durant for leaving OKC. I was like, you had to get away from this. I, my bad, right? Because I forgot I forgot how bad the situation was when you're playing four on five offensively with this guy out there. The Bro. funniest part is Paul George could have joined the Lakers with LeBron, but he decided to return to another year with play with Russ Brook and Andre Roberson. 
Oh my goodness. Do you know the hell Westbrook had to go through, bro? His best shooters were fucking Victor Oladipo and also Kyle Singler off the bench. <laughs> Dude, they had Sabonis in the corner. <laughs> Kill me, Brown, bro. Oh my so god. Sabonis was a spot up shooter. Yeah. God. He got them As to, time goes on. He got them to the sixth seed. Who Don't was the know. coach? That's Scott Brooks, or was that already Billy Donovan? Uh, that was, I think that was, was that, Billy Donovan. That Billy? Yeah, it was Billy. It was Billy. Yeah. How was that man employed? He put Sabonis in the corner. Yeah. What oh else did goodness. he have? <laughs> no options, <laughs> bro. Uh, Ennis Cantor? Steven Adams? Double big exactly. man lineup? It did damage? Let's get Nick back Collison? on topic, man. Sabonis <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> yeah, nah. Disgusting. Could you basketball. imagine Sabonis in the corner today? He hasn't took a three in fucking... Six years. Well, he took a he took a three last game that he played against Miami, and he actually cashed that bitch. But nah, that's actually him. bad basketball. You're <laughs> Maybe right. he should get back in the corner then. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. Anyway, basketball. That's enough rule changes. It'll be interesting to see what their findings are come summertime. Let's move on to talking about the ten most underrated players in the league. We all have our list. Woo! One by one. I have two honorable mentions. Do you guys have any? No. I have no honorable mentions. I have ten. As of now, okay. I do not have honorable mentions. Okay, I'll throw my honorable mentions out there first. These are two guys who I wanted to include, but I figured it was a little bit too nerdy and people wouldn't want to hear me talk about it at length. But I have my two honorable mentions, Simone Fontecchio and Gigi Jackson. Gigi Jackson. I love to hear that. Let's bring music to my ears real quick about Gigi, please. <laughs> Gigi's awesome. I, did, I didn't put him on here. I ended up putting somebody else a little more notable because I figured he's not underrated. People just don't fucking know him because people aren't watching the Grizzlies. Because why would you? Because all their players are fucking in the cemetery right now for the season mm-hmm. but in the last 17 games or so since he came into the rotation after all the injuries he's kind of proven that he's going to be a wing that's here to stay in that organization once their stars come back and they need players to fill around them he's shooting like 40 percent from three while being six nine being able to attack off the dribble hit the rim do all these things is like a supercharged three and d player he was uh the, he's the youngest player in the nba he reclassified he came into the call his college year as like one of the most hype prospects but was terrible and very inefficient in his one year at South Carolina. So the yeah. NBA world kind of forgot about him. He fell to like 23 in the draft. But I think he's showing that like he's going to be like in, a legitimately very you know useful wing in, this, in the NBA. And once John Morant comes back, Desmond Bain comes back, everybody comes back next year, casual fans are going to look up and be like, yo, who the fuck is this guy that's like their third star in a couple of years? Where did he come from? Something, something that the Memphis Grizzlies did an amazing job of is like, I think everyone knows they're, one of the better teams as of late when it comes to drafting. Uh, but they did have like a couple misses. One of the bigger ones was Zaire Williams, who was a top 12 or 13 pick a couple years yeah. ago. And he's a complete miss. Absolute zero. Doesn't bring much to the game. <laughs> Hella inconsistent and all that. But finding, Damn. finding, <laughs> uh, shout out to him though. You played in Sierra Cannon. No, I don't. Great. I, I love watching my high school, bro. Or at least watching the high school highlights. Um, but I guess you started on Jake LaRavia. You're going to have a whole mouthful. Yeah, <laughs> but them finding Vince Williams and now adding Gigi Jackson, who's just like a whole nother dynamic wing after losing Dylan Brooks and having to like, you know, give Desmond Bain a different role because of all the other types of things that he can do on the ball. Fucking great job for them, bro. That's a W yeah. honorable mention. Those two guys, <laughs> plus their upcoming top seven pick or so, is going to change the franchise. Yeah, and Facts. I'm I'm very happy that... Isaac, you had Gigi Jackson as an honorable mention. Mo, that you just mentioned Vince Williams because those are two of my guys, and we can start there. And it's oh, for, both of them, both both of them. Nice. Right? You're disgusting. The, I love it for the exact, real nasty. for the exact reason <laughs> that Isaac said is that nobody's watching the Memphis Grizzlies right now. And and once all the stars come comes back, 
they are going to fit into their roles alongside Ja perfectly. And they are the t- exact types of types of players that you want alongside Ja Morant. And so when you think about like the lineup the, and the defensive versatility that you can have out there with Gigi Jackson, with Vince Williams, who is fantastic defensively, it's going to be amazing. And they cover up a lot of flaws that, that Ja Morant has, who as, as soon as he came back, Everything was like, oh wow, the Memphis Grizzlies are back. Like the offense was was fine. It's gonna be it's gonna be perfect. And he like Ja, he's hurt. But in the what nine games that he played, I think we all kind of agreed. Yeah, he's he's a top twelve player minimum. Like yeah, it's, yeah, around there. Yeah, that's that's fifteen at worst. Exactly. That's that's around where he's at. And so getting these role players in the in the door right now, getting them experience of actual NBA games is massive, and. All their emergence also puts the Grizzlies in a great position because we talked about how this season doesn't necessarily have to be a lost one because they they have their draft pick for next year and so they're going to be able to retool and get a young and get a young player. They're ahead of schedule. They've done that times two already. So now they have yeah. flexibility to where let's say that they continue to do what they what they've done over the past couple of years, draft well, and they hit again on their draft pick this year. Now you're going to have three young players, a lot of flexibility, and a lot of trade assets to go out and and get, you know, solid rotation players or solid veterans to fix legitimate holes that you need, right? And so for us, I think that we've talked a lot about the the five positions, right? Their center position next to Jaron yep. Jackson, figuring out how to replace Steven Adams in that role. And now, now you have defense, you have shooting, you have versatility. And trade assets to do all that, and that is because of Gigi Jackson and Vince Williams, who are super, super young. And so, yeah, those are those are two of my guys on my top 100%. ten underrated. I'm kind of at the point now that uh, I think they could afford to trade Marcus Smart and whatever this pick is to get mm-hmm. a legitimate upgrade at center, whoever that may be. I don't know who's gonna be available. Maybe the Cavs flame out, and somehow Jared Allen's available, or Nick Claxton's mm-hmm. a free agent. Maybe that's who they're targeting. There's been a lot of rumors about that. I think him yeah. and Jaw are really tight. If it has to be a signing trade. I think because you have Vince Williams and Gigi Jackson, who long-term can both be starters, maybe not right away for Gigi Jackson, but I think Vince Williams could be their starting three next year. I think you can afford to move Marcus Smart to get a really quality big, and then you could imagine a closing lineup that has Jaw, Bain, Gigi Jackson, or Vince Williams, uh, Jaron Jackson, and then whoever this quality big is. Mm -hmm. And that's an amazing six-man rotation. You still have Luke Kennard, who I think has another year left on his contract. Plus yeah. all the other guys they have there, like that is uh, that's the making of a fucking amazing team. Yeah, they're eating, they're, they're cooking, and they're they're set up next year to come back and be one of the best teams in the West. Exactly. Yeah. One of my favorite sayings is everything happens for a reason. Memphis Grizzlies fans, you're gonna oh, have yeah, the time <laughs> of your fucking too, life next year. Me too. Me too. Okay, LeBron. You guys see that video where Lucas was asking everybody at a yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> That's hilarious. Bro. Shout out the Broncos boys. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, so those are my honorable mentions, as lo- along with Simone Fontecchio, Donovan. You said let's say you're number ten and number nine are Gigi Jackson and Vince Williams, just to keep mm-hmm. in order. Yeah. Who's your number ten, Mo? Oh man, uh, my number ten is kind of disgusting, but I don't give a damn to Victor Wembanyama. Uh, listen, man. <laughs> this is <laughs> I have on board. I've been on board, and I'm like, at first, around like when we did our top thirty player list, I think maybe Isaac mentioned like he could maybe be a top thirty player, but none of us really did it because we didn't want to have that 
like we didn't want to put oh, that we out didn't there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, listen. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> listen, I, I, I did it in the season. I did it in the off season. There are so many players right now who I'd rather have who I'd rather have Victor Mariama than them, bro. I'm pretty much putting him at like the top 25, 20 player range right now. Easily. <laughs> Conservative, you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, I uh I made on my, my personal show now on my channel, plug, the Isaac Gutierrez show. Episode Whoa. two was titled uh Victor Mariama is already a star. You just aren't paying attention. So I've been on this. I've been I made a video about that, which was about three weeks ago now. I also made a TikTok where I said he was a top five center and better than Sabonis. And all the fucking 13-year-olds gave me an earful. It's like, oh, what a casual take. Blah, 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 blah. So much hype. You're overrating him. And the only reason I didn't do what you did and put him on my list is because I feel like over the last two weeks, people are starting to realize that I'm right. And like he got the five by five. He almost did it twice in a row. And people <laughs> were like, oh, wow, he is a star. I'm paying attention now. So I assume now people have come around to it. So I didn't do that. But listen. I'm I'm not gonna argue down for it. I agree. He's still plenty of people are still gonna be like, oh, he's just a rookie, too much hype. He's just ball ball with clout. You're right. Mm. He's a legit star already, all star level easily. Yeah, nah. I mean, I mean, I have to think about. I have to sit down and think here to myself. Like, okay, like, yeah, I see him. The team is ass all Rondo, but that has little to nothing to do with him and who he is <laughs> as a player. This tweet is ridiculous, Isaac. Can you read that loud for the people? <laughs> this is hilarious. Have some shame, please. I forgot about that. That was back in November. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not new to this Wimby Glaze shit. <laughs> this man said, "Every time I look over, you're watching the Spurs. You're obsessed with him." Quote on end quote right there. Your girlfriend. Bro, she said that for real. I wasn't. I didn't even make that shit up. She really told me. That. <laughs> so you that watched is, him a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Are you obsessed with him or what? Bro, it was November 5th. It was like two weeks into the season. I was like, of course I'm watching him. Yeah. No, you were on to some, bro. You were on to some, and you're right for that. Um. But I'm like here officially crying. I'm like, let me get back to my original sentiment. If he was on a, like a great team or if his team already had something built in place similar to the San Antonio Spurs when they drafted initially Tim Duncan, he could yeah. help lead a team to a championship immediately as like the first 1A, 1B option, whatever fucking way you want to put it, whatever fucking no, way you want to put it. Sure. He could do that. But there's literally nothing around him. And. Like, again, I said, I've been saying this entire time. Greg Popovich is actively sabotaging his rookie season and just how great he could be. And also his team could be, which is like smart. In my opinion, I would be doing the same exact shit. Yeah. Well, yeah. he stopped doing that. He's not sabotaging him anymore. That's why he's taking the sleep and why we're all saying, oh, he's not also ready because Greg Popovich stopped starting him. You never see Zach Collins starting anymore. You never see Jeremy Sohan at point guard anymore because they realize, okay, let's make let's let's put Wemby in a position to succeed. Yeah. We tanked enough. We're gonna have a top pick. Let's let him thrive. And he he's been doing all this still on minutes restriction. People pull out a lot of ESPN ass stats where it's like rookies that average twenty points, ten rebounds, three blocks, and blah blah blah. Every time they do it, it's just crazy because he's in all these conversations of like ridiculous accolades for the start of your career, despite only playing twenty eight minutes per game for the season, like. Whenever if you look at his per 36 minute stats, he's averaging like 26 points and 12 rebounds and like 4.5 blocks. He's ridiculous. Yeah, man. Listen, on, on Monday stream, I said, and I, I'm I'm with Isaac. They all and I'm actually with, with both of you guys. I do think that he's underrated, but I didn't put him on my list because I feel like since the five by five game, everybody's kind of been like, okay, this is kind of this kind of crazy. But I said on Monday stream, I'm calling him the avatar. Like that, that's, that's my nickname <laughs> for him. I, he is, he is the guy who's going to come and save the world from all the nastiest discourses of all time, because it's so very clear that if he hits his potential, right, if, which is 
for him, just staying healthy and doing what he's doing. If he does that, he's going to be the greatest player of all time. And and it feels Ooh, okay. <laughs> it, it feels listen, it feels crazy, obviously, to say that. But every single night, there is something that he does that you've never seen before. And yeah. his and his ability to his ability to to block shots, to impact shots. I mean, he Bro, he took a step back three on Kyle Anderson after Sawson. He's seven five. He made that man to be dance. That. That's crazy. He's supposed to be doing that, and the yeah. fact that his three point shot is mid in a good way, right? It's very, it's very passable, and he's still. This able is the worst to it's ever like, going to be. Exactly. It's not even mid anymore. Off the dribble, he's shooting close to forty percent on pull up. He just can't hit spot up threes on That's catch crazy. and shoot for some reason. That's crazy. but his pull up shots are like thirty eight percent. He's like not mid shooter anymore. That, that's crazy. But like, yeah, yeah most most right. This is the worst he, he's going to be. And I think we should all just get on board now. This guy is going to be the face of the league, the dominating force of the league for years to come. And so you can either be on time at this point or you could be late. Yeah. And if you're somebody who's getting mad at me in the tier list for saying he's better than Sangoon, I hate you and you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, they're I, terribly I wrong. I'm ready to go <laughs> and say this dude is probably a top three center in the NBA right now. And well, not top three because we have three stars. He's not better than Jokic and beating AD. But right after that, oh, I forget AD is a center as well. Right after that, he's there. Yeah, for sure. He's he's definitely in that next. Tier. And listen, by by this time next year, I'm exactly. not sure he's going to be outside the top three. Exactly, it'll be impossible. Yeah, this time next year, I don't know. It's it's going to be spooky for Anthony Davis. Yeah, I agree. But um, I agree. Who's next on your list? Yeah, Isaac? I, I'll go my number ten. Let me open up. No, I'll go somebody. Let's go another popular pick right away. Okay. I'm going to go Trey Young. Woo. Okay. Yes. yes. I put this it. at 10 because this is another one that's like, yeah, he's underrated, but he's a star, right? So like underrated only means so much. But, you know, there had to be a whole media PR campaign of outrage for him to be selected to an all-star as an alternate when he should have been there to begin with. He has been taken for granted by the NBA media world because toxicity, daily news cycle of first take ass TV conversations has led people to believe that he's just like this selfish ball hog that only gets numbers and can't win and all this bullshit because the team has done a terrible job of building a young core around him. They've missed on key draft picks. They traded for a point guard that doesn't fit with him. Coaching mishaps along the way. All these things has led to the Hawks fumbling what looked like a promising rebuild. And instead of analyzing these reasons to why they failed as an organization, you just have these people up here. I don't know who I don't, I don't know who's the talking case at the top of the Trey Young hate train. I don't know. Stephen A. Smith is always easy to say. So a whole lot hater. of people are at the ringer. Let's say that. Yes, yeah, you got Bill Simmons up here like, I don't know, man. I just don't think he got it. I think it's empty stats. And then everybody runs with it and thinks it's true. <laughs> the narrative is stuck and it's never going away until he wins a championship. Okay, Sounds this, like you listen first to first a lot first of first Bill Simmons, bro. <laughs> we, were, we were talking about this before we started. There's nobody in the world who is better at giving impressions on a one-second notice than Isaac. I, I think just straight off off the dome, he's he's just thinking, your impressions are, are fantastic. That was, was that a generational talent. I don't even know. That was if a generational talent. If I closed my eyes, I would have felt like I was Yeah, awesome. if you look at a picture of Bill Simmons and rerun that voice, oh my fucking God, that has to be Bill Simmons. <laughs> That's your talent. The thing is, though, I can't do it a second time. If I try to do it again and think about it, it's going to be exactly. horrible. Exactly. He's been taking for granted. He is one of the most talented players to ever be like a two or three time all-star, whatever he has. His production from this point of his career this early through like five or six years is ridiculous. And I'm just praying the Hawks get it together so we can stop pretending he's some like, I don't even know what who to throw out this comparison to not get disrespectful, but people act like he's a lot worse than he really is. 
I'm praying yeah, yeah. that he goes somewhere else because the Hawks are not getting it together. And for him, Listen. for him to receive the flowers, he's going to have to go somewhere that already has a, either a good infrastructure or he can pair up with another legitimate star. Because yes, the first take media stuff that like that happens. There are also limitations to having Trey Young as your like number one guy centering oh, sure. the offense. You know, so there are like a couple reasons why they are mid, but he needs he needs help legitimately. And so he's gonna have to yeah. go into one of these really, really good situations for him to step up. Yeah, I think he shouldn't be the best player on his team. But that's not to say he's not like great, right? Like I don't think that mm-hmm. diminishes him. I think he's I think in our top 30 last we did it uh, around Christmas time, I put him like 25. And that's also because he had a slow start to the year. So maybe I was dinging him a little bit, but like, sure, he's the 20th best player in the league, maybe at the high end, 25th on the low end. That's a legit star that should be an all-star most years, especially in the weak-ass East. But I think he should probably be paired with a top 12 player or so that can be a go-to scorer that doesn't have the size limitations. Like we talked about a couple weeks ago that we want to see him on the Spurs when those trade rumors came. Him and Wemby would be amazing. (laughs) I would love to see that. Like that's exactly the type of player he needs to be paired with. Yeah. Uh, I can agree with that for sure. I don't think anybody should take that, hear that, and take it as a slight because only, yeah, realistically not. speaking, like eight people in the entire world have the ability to be the number one option on a championship team. And exactly. from like nine to 15, sometimes it's just like simply not good enough to be that. And that's like, that's completely okay. But to have, be a high level second option, at times look like the number one option. That's who Trey Young is. Not a lot of people will be willing to go ahead and give him his flowers or notice and like have the ability to just internalize how good he is until he's out of Atlanta. You tell me this man's been in the league for six years and you've only found him one foundational piece. And it wasn't until over the last six, seven months. <laughs> this tweet is crazy. this tweet. On March 1st, 2019, I tweeted this. It says, Bill Simmons watching Trey Young prosper. And it's a picture of <laughs> Hank Hill pissed off. <laughs> I forgot that Bill Simmons is a famous Trey Young hater. Yes. That my mind. Yo, every morning he had. 2019. Every morning. This man wakes up. Bill Simmons wakes up. He's like, yo, everybody starting off the ringer meeting. Hate on Trey Young. I don't give a fuck if it's true or false. Spread negativity. For, for the audio listeners, is there a 2021 version? <laughs> Facts. And tw- on uh, January 23rd, 2020, I tweeted, Bill Simmons, the second he saw Trey Young make an all-star game, it's a video of somebody screaming. <laughs> yeah, I know. Any Trey Young positivity articles do not get passed on the on the ringer, bro. They don't get pushed at all, bro. They don't support that shit. <laughs> That's hilarious. Empty stats, man. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's disgusting. It's disgusting. That's funny. But... Shout out Bill Simmons. It's my good. <laughs> I haven't watched him in like seven years, but he's the reason I got into sports media. So shout out. Listen, he paved the way. Still, we have to send our respects. I agree. Facts, listen, he's over the hill. We got we have him in the retirement home over there shouting with his cousins or whatever on his podcast. But at one point, he was the GOAT. <laughs> That's hilarious. Who's your next bro. player? Who's your number 10, Donovan? Oh, no, I forgot. You gave 10 yeah. to 9. Who's your number 8? Uh, all right. We're going to continue on this path of giving players who are actually really good, but we're just calling them underrated. I'm going with Bam okay. bio. Um, oh, okay. I think that interesting because at this time next year and even going into next season, the I'm anticipating all the talk to be about Victor Wembanyama and how good he is and how high he has jumped up the center rankings. And in that, he's going to be above Bam Adebayo. And I think or that... He is. Exactly. And I think that after that happens, like mainstream-wise, and it's kind of... Um, 
and it kind of just like accept. And my goodness, I'm sorry, <laughs> Nikhil's out here slandering my name in, in the in the uh, production group chat. But <laughs> <laughs> but a- after that happens, a lot of people are gonna take Bam for granted. They're gonna they're not gonna appreciate everything that he's doing because offensively. His passing has gotten better. His he is averaging the, the same amount of points, but like he's been very very good offensively, and he continues to take uh, leaps and steps forward to to be better. He's still one of the best and most versatile defenders in the NBA, and so even next year, whenever you know we're looking at Vic and like, okay, is he four? Is he three? Let's not lose sight on how good Bam is because. The Heat have had a lot of rotational issues this year, and Bam has been a very big reason as to why they are still, you know, one one of the teams that we think we can look up in June, and they're going to be in the finals. A thousand percent. Right. I think uh, at least a trend from my list is defensive-oriented players because NBA fans as a whole have a very hard time like appreciating defense. I'll say mm-hmm. because you know statistically in the NBA, all the numbers that have been prioritized, which. I guess is an issue of the early days of basketball and how the box score was calculated. All the numbers that we could look at and talk about are offensive oriented besides blocks and steals. Other than that, it's just a sport that is easily quantifiable offensively, but defensively you have to really watch to see somebody's value and really have to watch with like a viewpoint of knowing what to look for. Most people just like don't care enough. So because of that, defensive players get taken advantage of a lot. And I think people always say that Draymond Green is a litmus test for how kind of NBA fan you are. Bam Adebayo is right up there. He's the same type of player that does a million small things defensively that aren't blocks and steals right, but he makes every play defensively easier for all of his teammates. He's always there to help if somebody gets beat. Just like the perfect defensive player you want in a team defense. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so he's... I love to hear he, that. He's eight. I love to hear that. Yeah, I can completely <laughs> agree with that. All right, what is this tweet? Oh my God. The Look at this from 2020. <laughs> the reason why I'd rather have him on my team than any... Oh, so listen, listen. Look at the date of this. When did this happen? September 2020. All right. This listen, was coming out the with bubble. bangers today. This was the tweets. bubble. And I watched Joe Embiid put up the most atrocious performance ever. Now, yes, this is Ben Simmons wasn't on his team uh, because I think Ben Simmons was hurt at this point in time period. And I at this point in time, I was just straight yapping. All right, you click on the link. On oh, God, you can't find that video anywhere. This tweet, I got to delete it now. All right. <laughs> By the time this episode comes out, you're not finding it. Bam, I told you. It's not fucking there anymore. I scrubbed this bitch clean. And now, by the Fire time this listeners. podcast episode, it's not showing up. <laughs> That's hilarious. Fire listeners to tweet where Mo said, performances like these are wild. Rather have Bam on my team any day over Joel Embiid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that that, time, that, man. that time period was just absolutely disgusting. And the conversations having happening around Joel Embiid was just down the toilet. Yeah. No, I understand that. This is pre-MVP League, too. So Joel Embiid considerably, considerably improved since then. <laughs> Nikhil wow. is an op right now, bro. He just quote tweeted that. <laughs> he just quote tweeted it. That's hilarious. He act like yeah. I can't delete it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it right now. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's funny. Anyway, I'll go to the next uh, player on my list. Let's transition a little bit away from stars. Yeah. I'm gonna talk about I'm gonna go a step down, but still a good player. Aaron Gordon is my number nine. Yeah. Air I am obsessed with Aaron Gordon. He I, the more I think about it, is probably my favorite role player in the league right now. Munch. Yeah, probably. Every time we have conversations about teams that can't get to the rim or aren't physical, I'm always like, since the start of the season, I'm like, they need an Aaron Gordon. Every contender needs an Aaron Gordon. He is the perfect player that makes the Nuggets the contender they are. Mm. You know, much is made about how they don't have a backup center. In the playoffs, that shit doesn't matter because Aaron Gordon is your backup five for the 12 minutes that Jokic isn't playing. Mm. 
in starting lineup, right? Jokic isn't the strongest defender in the world. He's gotten better. He's really smart. He's not really a negative anymore. But when they first got him, they needed a strong defender there. Aaron Gordon has weak side protection. Aaron Gordon is the best, uh, what's the word, power wing defender in the league, I think. The type of guy you want to defend Kawhi Leonard, that type of thing. The ideal guy for that, while being able to play up big, he can defend wings. Offensively, he is having a terrible shooting season right now, but we'll ignore that. <laughs> but he's great at being able to attack mismatches with his power, right? He has the experience when he was younger, having to beat the one option, doing stuff with the ball in his hands. Quickly learned that's not him, right? He's not LeBron. He can't play like that. But like we saw in the playoffs last year against Miami, when they need him to, he can attack a mismatch and pull that out and come up with clutch shots. I'm just, I'm just naming all... He's a good passer, right? I'm just naming all these things he can do. He's just like the perfect Swiss Army knife that can play any role this team needs from him. And it's just the ideal player you need next to stars who are going to do their role all the time. I 1,000% agree, bro. And uh, he's like the perfect archetype for what a lot of teams typically try to look for when it comes to building around a young star point guard or a star center. Some do yeah. it all. Some do it all powerful. You can do a hell of a lot of other things. And Aaron Gordon has had like a lot of those reps and he had those training reels on back when he was in Orlando and they were trying to turn him to someone like Paolo Bancaro now. And he just yeah, wasn't that, much. wasn't that, and he didn't have that in his bag, but he could do a lot of different things. He had a, a good, a lot of good stretches of shooting, but he was never like a consistent shooter. Had a lot of good stretches of being like a good passer and facilitator back when he played with Victor Oladipo, but he was never truly that. And over here, delegating a lot of those roles and asking him to do those things in glimpses is like perfect for him and who he is. And he helps. He's probably the third most important player on the Denver Nuggets, if you were to ask me right now. Easily. He's the archetype of what the Cavs, I mean the Cavs, he's the archetype for what the Hawks drafted DeAndre Hunter to be, what the Bulls drafted Patrick uh, Williams to be. All these guys that get drafted as being big wings, they're like, oh, maybe one day they can be Kawhi. The teams know they're not going to be Kawhi, but they're hoping he can be Aaron Gordon because that's a realistic outcome for the type of guy that you put, give, give him on-ball reps early in his career, but then when they realize it's not him, you make him focus on his strengths as a supporting player and he can use that experience to just amplify that and be the best version of a role player. Aaron Gordon looks like he should be a zero and D player. Like he's just, he's, <laughs> he's built so strong that like, yeah. that you look at him and you're like, okay, there's just no reason for you to be somewhat skilled offensively. Like I, I see you on the floor and I know what you're here for. You are here to make the game muddy, to do all that. And the fact that he can do some of the other stuff is like, like like Isaac said, like that versatility is is crazy. I I think I know why you're saying that. Why? It's because he's built like Kenneth Reed. Now he has the dreads. So he reminds Kenneth, me of Kenneth Reed. Reed. That's hilarious. There you oh go. my god, the man there, there, and why I miss go. him. Yes. I don't think you would have said that pre-dreads. <laughs> I don't think you would have. Pro probably not. Well, listen, we his three point shot sometimes be looking very Andre Roberson. But um, <laughs> so this this year has been rough. Yeah, previous this, year she's fine. There's still, there's still some of that. So maybe maybe that's where it's coming in. But yeah, it, the fact that he can do a, a little bit of, of everything, I agree. He definitely is the third most important player on this team. Yeah, and listen, defensively, the second most important player, right? Like in many ways, he is mm, not easily. So their ceiling is defined by Jamal Murray because you know he turns into God in the postseason. Mm -hmm. But like on a game to game basis, on a regular season, like I would, especially when he's not playing good teams and he doesn't have that Super Saiyan level up. I'd argue he's just as important as Jamal Murray on most nights. Mm, interesting. Damn. Okay. Obviously, in different ways, right? I yeah. think that's fair to say. Towards the score, but yeah, yeah. yeah. there's defense. The whole another half, and sadly, that half isn't as paid attention to or valued enough through the stats or anything like that. And um, 
damn, this is kind of disgusting. I said my underrated starting five, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, who at that time was actually I mean, like he's a, nice. You pick good players. Threat. Yeah, no, this is Chris a good Middleton. Yeah, Chris Middleton was a god. I remember back then he was slaying the Celtics, bro. He shot, he put up insane numbers back in them days. Yeah. Eric Gordon and Dario Saric. Look it's at a good you. list. I no, knew ball back then, bro. No one ball. That's a good 2018 list. That's for good. Sure. I was in my bag. I was in my bag. But um, to stay on topic in, in, in terms of like this archetype of player, um, going back to the Atlanta Hawks, you said that they drafted DeAndre Hunter to be that caliber. No, they really just saw like Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard, like you just said, they wanted him to be that two way God, but <laughs> they accidentally stumbled into their way. Um, Jalen Johnson, who went to Duke, of course, and he is in the exact same mold as Aaron Gordon. I think of these like super strong, athletic, tall wings who aren't the best shooters necessarily, but can give you that defense, have some passing chops on in their bag, and also have the ability to push the pace and navigate an offense at times and stretches too. Basically like a 50-year-old 50, 50 yeah. version of LeBron James. That's how I think about it. Just <laughs> way worse version of LeBron at everything, bro. That's what you He's are. He's player? <laughs> exactly. Um, Jalen Johnson. He's crazy. Is my He's my player, player as well. Boom! There we go. He's in the exact same frame. He's in the exact same lens as someone like Aaron Gordon. And I think he's just like a lot. I don't, I don't want to say he's a lot more talented than Aaron Gordon, but it seems like he'll be able to thrive as this archetype a lot longer because of how young he is. Of course, there was a couple years that he missed out on this, on these opportunities. But now that training is out, um, he will have fucking the sky's potential. And he, in my opinion, I could see him turn into like a, borderline 20 point per game score um towards the end of his career if he was on his trajectory yeah again i have him on my list as well for all the same reasons right he's the ideal power wing to play next to a guard like trey young and he's the reason that Dejounte murray was available at the deadline because they saw that this guy can step into that role we need and Dejounte is expendable we could find somebody who fits better replenish our depth and whatnot he's the godsend for them without him their season would be lost yeah oh, no, yeah the- this would if be they, the deep two instead of the deep three if I didn't have him on my team. <laughs> <laughs> for for sure. If there's any hope of, of Trey Young staying in Atlanta, if they if they have any hope of like actually rebuilding this team, it's gonna be because they have Trey Young and, and Jalen Johnson. And if he didn't miss if he didn't miss a whole bunch of games at the start of the year, he'd probably win most improved player. It, it, mm-hmm. it would either be like if we're talking about in the spirit of, of the award. I know Tyrese Maxey is having a fantastic year. He's probably going to win it. But if we were actually talking about what the award really is about, Jalen Johnson is up there for sure if he didn't miss those games. Yeah, he'd be in the running for damn sure. Yeah. It, again, 65 game rule. But but is what it is. There's plenty of other people that could win it. So this is the one I'm super mad about. But exactly. do you guys think he can be an all-star? I think he definitely could be. Or at very at very minimum, he could be an all star replacement. I think that may be the conversation for him because I don't know if he'll ever be popular enough to go ahead and do so. Um, yeah, I don't think he'll get to the point of being a consistent all star, but I can see him sneaking into one one day, maybe if things break right. Yeah, I mean, if there's an all star game in Atlanta, which there might be towards the back half of the 2020s, he's going to be an all star <laughs> for sure. He's he's definitely a a borderline potential fringe all star. That's that's, 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 the, that's the category that I have. If you know, you know. Oh my god, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, that, right. that is lit. Donovan, who's your next player? My next player is Mr. Grayson Allen. Oh, same. Oh my gosh, we are Grayson, here. Grayson Allen has been fantastic for the Suns this year, and listen, he's almost at fifty, forty, ninety with with the yes. way he's doing. He's leading the league in three point percentage right now. 
Grayson Allen mm. is playing the third most minutes on the Suns, and with Bradley Beal coming in and out, in and out the lineup, having that that third scoring punch, having somebody who can also space the floor with KD and Book operating in the mid range the way that they do, right, opening up driving lanes, he is so crucial to everything that they do. At the trade deadline, people were talking about, you know, the Suns making moves and there was rumors of, you know, maybe Grayson Allen would be moved. And Suns fans were irate. They were like, you cannot yeah. trade Grayson Allen. And it was warranted because he is, he's been so, so good for them this year. And I think that like, when you look at the Suns, they're obviously top heavy. You look at, at their big three and sometimes even Yusuf Nurkic might get a little bit more recognition just because of his, like he's been, he's been around, you know him. He played with Dame for a long time. Grayson Allen is that guy on this team and he's very, very crucial. Oh yeah. Mm. The DeAndre Ayton trade is what it was labeled as. This shit was the Grayson Allen trade. He's been the most important player for either team. If they didn't have him, they would be so detrimentally deaf. Whoa. Detrimentally down bad. Yeah, facts. They had outside of him, their sporting players are like Eric Gordon, Kate Bates, Diop, Yuta Watanabe, all these guys who are no longer on the team. Besides Eric Gordon, who has just been whatever. Without him for those early days when Bradley Beal and Devin Booker were hurt and Katie had the team on his back, if they didn't have Grayson Allen there being a flamethrower, they would have been in such a big hole. We would not. We'd be talking about them a lot differently, especially at the deadline. One, I 110 percent agree. He for saved their season, which is which is yeah. crazy because like. It's and it's Grayson Allen, right? Like you, ne like you yeah. wouldn't think that he was that he would be the glue that's keeping the Phoenix Suns together. And now they might not even be in the play-in. When when before, I mean, we had an episode where I thought that they were they were kind of cooked because they were sliding, they were losing games like <laughs> back to back to back, and I thought that they were for sure going to be a, a playing team. And now it's, now it's looking like like that's not going to be the case. And it's all Shout because out, not of overreacting. And it's all because Tentos. of Grayson Allen. That's tough, he deserves one hundred percent of the credit, and I hate 100%. giving him credit so much, bro. I hate giving him credit, bro, because he's a scum in, around the NBA, or at least that's like been his known thing since he was he has been back dead. at Duke as well. But and he yeah, looks like Ted Cruz. he's been <laughs> exactly, bro. He's aging so fast, bro. I don't know what it is, but he looks like he's <laughs> right, forty already, bro. God damn. But anyways, aside of that, like his game has been immaculate for them. He has been the saving grace for their season. I don't know what they would have done if he wouldn't if he wasn't performing up to this level, this standard. If you're the Milwaukee Bucks, it kind of hurts seeing him play like this after he played. He put up like an insane shit performance throughout the inconsistencies last year. But yeah, like he he's he deserves to be on those. He's one of the most underrated players in the entire NBA. Wasn't granted a three point. Uh, three-point shooting contest slot which is insane to me but who cares no one's gonna remember at the end of the day but he definitely deserves to be on that list bro yeah um okay. my next, next player oh you want to go ahead next go ahead let's hear yeah, it you're trying to skip me you're trying to skip my ass <laughs> my next player is mr Jaden ivy mm. Mm, pistons love we love to hear it yep i told you simone fantecchio was an honorable mention of mine because i replaced him with another pistons player Jaden ivy i think People forget about him. He had a strong rookie year, right? With Cade Cunningham all year. And people kind of viewed him as one of the more promising players in the draft class. This season started. Monty Williams decided to just put on... <laughs> relax, <laughs> relax, relax. I, you were about to go Monty crazy Williams, Monty Williams did a war crime. <laughs> and he decided to bench him and make him the 13th man in his rotation to start Killian Hayes, who is currently playing for the same team as you and I. And it was just a ridiculous <laughs> asset deployment that... Again, was at risk of ruining Jaden Ivey's, you know, career development path, hurt his value on the trade market. So they, if they were going to get rid of him, 
get putting him at 13th in rotation wasn't the way to fucking do it. But since then, somebody in the organization told him, you can't be doing this. We should probably play Jay Nivey more. And he's talked about this, that he had to be given a nudge from somebody else in the team. And he's since given him minutes. He's back to being the starter. And he has been incredible. He is incredibly talented, has been on a heater over the last two months. And to me, is at the point where he is almost equally as valuable as Kate Cunningham to this organization. I think I think he's going to be a star guard as well. Absolutely. I 110% agree. He's been the most positive outlook on their season. Uh, outside of that, like Detroit hasn't been, ha- they haven't had much to like be super happy about. Kate has been a lot better as of late specifically, but throughout the entire tenure of the season, Jaden Ivey has been the shining light. You see him, you see shades of several like former all-star even current guards in his game because of the explosiveness his ability to finish at the rim and just the type of burst that he has is yeah n- is not rare to see in the in today's game but the type of burst that he has at the size that he is which is like six four it's pretty impressive bro yeah over the last 32 games since he became a full-time starter again 17 points four rebounds four assists 39 percent from three last year he was at six assists per 36 minutes because like i said no kate cunningham and I think that's closer to his real playmaking ability. He's a legit solid passer because of what you said. That burst and that ability to create rim pressure is just something you can't teach, right? And like it bears itself out in like every measurable way. He's a 90th percentile in shooting foul drawn rate. He can get to the rim, cause pressure, make you foul him. And because of that, the team gets to the rim 5% more with him on the court. And all their transition numbers skyrocket. Like for a mm. team that's so devoid of talent and ball handlers outside of Kate Cunningham, his ability to create penetration and sh- kick out the shooters and whatnot, which, you know, they don't got a lot of shooters, so it hasn't led to a lot of wins. But when they do have more shooters around him, that ability to create offense for himself and others is like completely crucial to the, what they do. This guy was mm. on the bench, man. That's that's ridiculous. He just Shame. like he just wasn't he just wasn't playing. That's 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 wild. <sighs> you, bro, bro, he's ninety second percentile on drives per seventy five possessions, and ninety second percentile on unassisted rim field goals. Those are numbers that are per seventy five to like make up for the playing time differences. Mm-hmm. But that's elite elite numbers already for a guy who's in year two and playing with another ball handler with no spacing around him. I'm sad to say, Isaac, but the crown years at home cannot like quantify what you just said and <laughs> put it into picture. But that just means that he's really fucking good in translation, bro. He's really fucking good. <laughs> really, yeah. there it is. Really fucking good, really fucking fast, gets to the rim really fucking well. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He's a great player. Um I guess we can move on to my next player. <sighs> Man, I have been a known hater of this player, partly because he was a former player of one of my one of the people here on this podcast. Uh and it's RJ Barrett. God, when you think about the word mid, I, I in my head, if you look up that with the definition of the word mid uh, alongside the Atlanta Hawks, you see a picture of RJ Barrett. That's who he is. He's just okay at everything. You don't really think that he has great qualities or anything like that, but he's but at the same time, he's not necessarily like terrible. Um RJ Barrett has been the complete opposite since opposite of that since he's been a Toronto Raptor. I think it's been, I don't know, 20, 30 games or whatever since the trade 21. happened. Yeah, 21 games since the trade happened, and he's been a completely different player. And I believe a lot of that has to do with just the system that he's being a part of right now. Of course, New York is known to be a heavy ISO team. That's what that's Jalen Brunson's bag, Julius Randle's bag, and someone like RJ Barrett, in my opinion, he's just not conducive in that vi- environment. And when I see him, I think that he makes complete sense in a system that uh, Toronto has because he gets a lot of his buckets. Uh, 
in a very dis in a very organized way, meaning like the ball is constantly moving and he catches the defense while they're unorganized, while they're disorganized. And that's the best way to use him. He's shooting like 60 something percent at the rim, which is immaculate. He's shooting like 38 percent at the three point line while he's been a Toronto Raptor. And yep. he's been a completely different player who literally looks like a staple of their starting lineup. Yep. Which and is I, crazy. Yeah, th- yeah, I'm I'm very happy that, that you said this that you said RJ because he was also on my list. And it's for the exact same reasons. It's for everything that, that you just said. And one of the main issues with RJ as you know as a as a New York Nick was especially like this season, when you had Brunson, when you had Randall, you know who your two stars are. And their play style is very ball dominant, it's very isolation. And so for RJ, who couldn't really figure out like where his role, where he was going to get his buckets. He was kind of relegated to, you're going to get your buckets at the, at the rim and you're going to get them, um, be behind the three point line because Brunson and Randall are going to be down there, especially if you're playing with uh, Mitch Robinson, there's not a lot of space to operate for, for, uh, RJ. That's not the case in, in Toronto. And he's finally making shots at the rim. He's finally shoot, uh, knocking down his threes and that's just opened up everything and whenever this trade was made i think i was very very excited for what emmanuel quickly was going to do alongside scotty barnes i thought that he was going to be the one to take a leap and it's been the uh, it's been the other way around rj's been been the very very consistent one he's been the one who's who's taken a step forward and i'm happy for him he, he has the home cooking going for him and right now <laughs> and right now because they're in in toronto Obviously, like, and they're not really in the playoff conversation like that. I think we can look yeah. up at the start of next year and be like, oh, wait, like, is is there something, like, is there another spark that we didn't realize to this R.J. Barrett thing? So, yeah, he's he's definitely underrated right now. Yeah, this Absolutely. is the first time in his career. Okay, so league average true shooting percentage, which for those who don't know, true shooting essentially does the math. So as what would happen if every shot was worth the same? You know, three-point shooting, shooting is worth more and free throws are worth more. It basically evens that out and it gives you credit for being good from three and free throw line. You know, measures your total efficiency. A league average is like 55%. He's never been above 53% for a season, but now he's at 61 since joining the Raptors. So he's just night and day, like a much more efficient player going from like one of the least efficient wings in the league to like legit elite scoring numbers. It's kind of crazy, honestly, for that like harsh of a turnaround over a sustained period. Yeah, we and were I think- out of RJ. Bro, yeah. As you should be, right? Like, he showed nothing but garbage as a scorer. As soon as he was traded, a lot of all the attention, you're right, Donovan, like you said earlier, was all towards Emmanuel quickly and what this means for him Mm -hmm. and his career alongside Scotty Barnes. But RJ Barrett is just, his success is just as important as Emmanuel quickly. Maybe not just as, but just a little bit more. Uh, He's around the same territory. Um, And it just goes to show how important game plan is and system is for certain players rj barrett can do iso things once in a while of course but like that's not necessarily how you get your bang for your buck and maximize his potential and their head coach over there dude throwing pizza parties and shit like that bro i hope rj barrett gets extra slices because he fucking deserves it pooping his ass off slices Hundred percent. Extra slices is hilarious (laughs) (laughs) he does he does does deserve pizza yeah, he, <laughs> he, he deserves a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, Dom, you want to go next player? Yeah. We're going to go back to Detroit because another person oh. that you had on your honorable Me mention too. is on my list, and that's Simone 
How do you say his, his first name? Is it Simone? Fontecchio. I think it's Simone. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Simone Fontecchio. That is my guy. I, Let's I go. listen. Listen, this guy is fire. He's 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 great. He's, so <laughs> he's he's great. He like the best way that I can summarize watching him is he's always doing something. He's always just around. He's he's always around the ball. He's either making shots. He's he's making plays. And for a, for a role player, I feel like that is one of the very key things that's honestly very hard for a lot of guys to be impactful, even when you're not like a high level scorer like that. Can you just be around the ball? Can you be the one and be like a good connector making plays? In Utah, they had a very, what, democratized rotation, right? He wasn't getting a lot of, yeah. uh, he wasn't getting a lot of minutes since being traded to, to, uh, to Detroit. His scoring has gone up. He's averaging over 15 points a, per game. His shooting is up. He's he's been fantastic. He was uh he was going crazy last night against against the Bulls. Um he is just a very, very good role player. And for the Pistons, for a team that has Jaden Ivey, who's not a great shooter, who has Kate uh Kate Cunningham, not again, not a great shooter, and um and Asar Thompson and all these guys, who, the Pistons are notoriously down bad for not having shooters. Fontecchio is one of those guys who can legit yep. space the floor for them. And so he's fantastic. And I'm I'm a big fan of his. Yeah. He's just the perfect player to play next to other good players, right? Like yeah. the perfect compliment to you'd imagine when you say that, you would think like I want to see him play next to other stars. And so when he became available at the deadline, it was like, oh shit, a contender can squeak in and get this like big wing that can shoot the ball, pass the ball, defend well, move his feet, all this stuff. But instead, the Pistons made the smart move of realizing we have some young, promising players. None of them are great shooters. We need some shooting around our team. Exactly. It's all we can talk about. So let's go get this this veteran. You know, he's 28. It's only his third year in the league, but it's because he played in Europe for a while. You would think wouldn't fit your timeline and like, why would I put assets into a 28-year-old? But again, they need shooting and he's the exact guy that can make life easier for these guards and just like alleviate the issues that are preventing them from developing the way they should be. I 110% agree, man. Simone Fontecchio. Top 10 name in the NBA too. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> that is a cool name. <laughs> What is he? Is that like an Italian name? Where's he from? Yeah, he he's Italian. There's a lot of a lot of this in that name. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dude, a lot of that. Dude, Italian, a lot Stallion. of stroking the mustache. <laughs> I love him. See, I didn't again. I told you I put on my honorable mentions. Main reason I did that is because I didn't want to have three pistons on my list. Yeah, you would be. I got one more. That. Another one. Ooh! I got one more. Bro, bro, listen, this is so funny. A whole this bunch is... of these players for us are just. People are just players on teams that we know nobody cares about at all anymore. <laughs> and I yep. promise you when October rolls around next year, you guys are going to come back to this episode and be like, oh, wow, they were talking about such and such and such and such because nobody's watching them. But we are. And that's why that's why we're here. We got y'all. So tell me on the Pistons, <laughs> on the 9 and 48 Pistons or 10 and 48, whatever <laughs> they are. Tell me who's underrated. This one's a, a little bit less of a deep cut. Cade Cunningham. Mm. Cade mm. Cunningham is fully the star he's made out to be. And the people have not forgotten about him. People still know Cade Cunningham as the, you know, allure. And because the team is so, like, famously, historically garbage, I don't think he's getting slandered as much as he was at the start of the year. But I think people have kind of abandoned the idea of him being, like, an all-NBA guy, right? Yeah. Like, people were kind of just like, I'll believe it when I see it with him. But, you know, he's had four great games. Over his last four games, he's at, he's at 28.5 points, 58% from the field, 57% from three, 6.3 assists. Just on a heater right now, which culminated with him dicing up the Chicago Bulls last night. He's fully the star and all-NBA guy in this draft class still. 
you know, people forget about him, like I said. I watched him, I watched the full game that we're showing the highlights to right now, him versus the Knicks. And the way that he could just like shoot over Jalen Brunson and be unbothered by him and create his off the dribble step back threes with the defender in his face, it's like something that like only him and Luca have with the shooting touch from that size. And the efficiency numbers haven't come around as well as you'd want them to yet. For similar reasons to what I said with Jay Nivey. He's playing with terrible spacing. Monty Williams doesn't want to be good in his job on purpose because he wants to get fired and get all that money for free. Everything's been bad around this organization. He's set up to fail. But that floater we just saw in the highlights being shown, the touch he has finishing around the rim where he still hasn't gone around to being able to go through contact and be an elite finisher. But his touch on floaters, his ability to hit tough setback threes, the passing ability, the defense, it's all there. And I think in time, he's still going to be that legit star. I 100% agree with you. What a great analysis. Something that's so hard to do <laughs> is like judge young players, especially when they're around a whole lot of shit, because then you can't see them like <laughs> truly unlocked. You know, it's so hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's like, that's what it is. That's what it is. It's like trying to find a needle in a haystack sometimes. It's like, okay, this dude looks like shiny, but I can't really like get a full grasp of it and like see it through thoroughly. But Firmly grasp it. Oh, okay, nice. Um, but yeah, like <laughs> at times with the with the that. with the Detroit Pistons, it's a SpongeBob reference. It's not a pause. <laughs> oh my God, these highlights are disgusting. I see James Wiseman playing on my screen, bro. But that's what Kate Cunningham Kate Cunningham had to deal with. How do you expect someone like him to go ahead and how do you expect someone like him to have inflated high uh, assist numbers and high low t- or uh, low turnover rate? When he's playing with these types of players who don't necessarily have what it takes to compete at a high level in the NBA. You know, that's how I see it when yeah. it comes to Cade Cunningham. And so I think I'm still keeping my stock in terms of him being a top point guard in the NBA for sure. Man, listen. Yeah, the thing that... uh, Bro, we have, we have three um, Pistons on the list. And they are... They don't have 10 wins. And it's about to be... It's about to be March. It's... It's crazy. Like I I really I really do feel bad for them because their roster construction and obviously what Monty Williams has done and we've talked about it so many times it has just gone so poorly that I really hope this offseason they go out and they make some type of move to where they can prioritize something to to help Ivy or something to help Cunningham uh you know start to to develop because the time is taking on on, on Cade it's already we're already in year three. He had he had some injury stuff his first two years. Like I want to be able to see him in a positive situation, just so that we can a hundred percent look at him and say, "Do you have it, or is it the situation?" And this off this yeah. off season is crucial for Detroit. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm the biggest thing for me that we have to see still is is that three point shot going to come around like we saw it in college? That's kind of what like made him like, oh, is he going to be one of the best guard prospects we've seen in a long time? Because in college, he was a genius defender, a genius passer, and like an incredible shooter. Or really in high school, going into college. And the yes, three-point shooting exactly. hasn't come around yet. Right now, he's at... His pull-up percentage is terrible this year. It's at 32%. Catch and shoot is a little better at 36 That needs to come around. But even if it doesn't, I'm, I've been very encouraged with his driving ability, which is something I kind of doubted early in the season. Because it just it didn't seem like he quite had the burst to be like a high-level like guard finisher. Yeah, in the rim, like he wasn't quite as fast as like an Anthony but Edwards or even a Jay. Something Nivey. that I'll say though is that you don't have to have the burst. Guys like Luca and Shea are the perfect example. They have the same amount of athleticism as someone like Cade. It's about finding the angles and having the creativity. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think he necessarily had that at all. 
Yeah, and he's gotten a lot better at that. Like, I'm mm-hmm. on Basketball Index, which has all their advanced analytics. And, like, you look at the finishing tab, they do grades for each stat. It's, mm-hmm. like, straight A pluses, despite him being not incredibly efficient yet. It's just because he generates so much rim pressure to drive offense that mm-hmm. these analytics that, like, can look past basic field goal percentage fully see the talent there. Like, they have, like, an all-in-one metric called rim shot creation. 99th percentile for point guards. He's, that means he's second in the NBA behind Shea Gildas Alexander. Like, he's gonna be one of the better finishers in the league once things come around like i said with the spacing as he continues to develop physically yeah and defensively i have no doubts passing i have no doubts like you just you got to preach patience with him and you know exactly we've seen a lot of guards come to the league and be immediately great so it's kind of hard to preach patience but be patient exactly you're right the luka Doncic's and trey young's of the world just completely cooked expectations absolutely and mm-hmm. on top of that too he's just a number one overall pick and every yeah. top podcaster everyone in social media is just going to be looking at you and eyeing every single every single thing that you do on the court um but yeah i agree cage is in a specific unique situation because of everything that's been happening around the nba with all this young talent at his position just being elite immediately and then him having to like get to a certain point not being like uh off the rip efficient 20 point per game score it's like Let's relax our expectations. Get <laughs> Can back you re- to rewind real quick, Nikhil. Did you see that pass that Jay Navi just did in these highlights? No. Oh I mean, my go goodness. Back. Yeah, go, go back one more time. Go back one more time. Look, look at Jay Navi at the top of the key. <laughs> yeah, nah. <laughs> Why you swing that bitch so hard? Yeah, nah. That was, a tough, that was a tough catch. <laughs> I have both. <laughs> he, put, he put his whole body into that. That was so fucking powerful. <laughs> that is hilarious, bro. That's All right, man. Who's your next player, Mo? Yeah, so going up into my list, um, the next player that I have is someone who I believe is one of your favorite players in the NBA right now, Isaac, because you've been slobbing him like no other. Um, J Dub. <laughs> oh, he's the number one. You should have saved it. I wasn't waiting for him to do last. Of course, he's on wow. my list. Wow, he's your number one. That's crazy. Obviously, that's, he's my number one. That's fucking beautiful, bro. I'm happy Way to, to say spoil that. it. Hey, we can go ahead and tag team this bitch right now. What do you want? <laughs> yeah, it's tag team J Dub. you go first it's your player you're up next tell us what you think about j-dub nah j-dub is a phenomenal player who's better than a lot of perennial all-star say the name he's in the the same level say the name i saw a tweet he's better than bradley exactly thank you thank you that's who that's who he's better than and he is and i i'm with both of y'all i was gonna put him on my list but i knew Isaac was going to put him on his list. So I was like, he got it. <laughs> Listen, I have staked my claim on J-Dub Island anytime somebody's given me a mic. And, you know, it started, I think, on episode like 69 or something like that. I forget what the topic was. We were talking about Paliban Kara versus Chet Holmgren. And I was like, you know, we were debating who would you rather have. Mm-hmm. I think we all agreed Chet long-term, but Palo's probably, you know, having a better season, whatever. It's a debate. And I was like, listen, I'm going to throw fucking J-Dub in there. I might want him more than Palo. I think they're on equal footing. And you guys vehemently disagreed. We started arguing about it. The comments cooked me. I got roasted in the comments on one of our episodes more than I ever have in my life. People were like, when did Isaac decide <laughs> Palaban Caro was trash, huh? You're talking about him like he's a scrub. And I never meant that. I just meant that J-Dub is the most underrated young prospect in the NBA right now. And I think people are starting to realize that over the past month or so. People are coming around. He's currently shooting 45% from three, the same as Kevin Durant. 49% Stupid. from mid-range. 1% better than Kyrie Irving. 70% at the rim. The same as Anthony Edwards. Get your narratives off. Assist percentage. The same as Jason Tatum, right? Like, Get your narratives he checks off. Every box. He checks every box you'd want from a high-level wing as a rookie, playing behind a high-usage guard that's already holding his total numbers back. 
I don't see a scenario where he's not a top 20 player in the NBA one day. Nah, man. Like, I think something that doesn't help J-Dub right now when it comes to, like, his popularity and people understanding how talented he is is that he's playing alongside uh, pretty much a generational rookie in Chet Holmgren and all the amazing yeah. things that he's done. And, like, it's very clear that he has been the second most stable force over there, and he's as much needed as Chet Holmgren. He's important. He's just as important in different ways, of course, because Chet is so valuable on defense. But J-Dub is yeah. just as impactful of a defender as well, can block shots. He'll be in the passing lanes. He's super versatile because of his frame and uh, wingspan and all that. Like, he's the entire – he's the whole nine, bro. Like, there's nothing that – I. there's no situation on the court that I'll be uncomfortable with him doing. Like, and that's rare in the NBA to say. Hundred percent. Just when somebody has the verticality and the burst to finish at the rim, like he does, like he's always catching lobs from stay in transition. He has the off the dribble shooting ability that he just he's almost he almost has like Chris Paul the way he can get to short mid range shots and just get it up over any defender like as a go to move. Mix that together with the passing and the dribbling, like I again I've said this several times. I don't know what his flaw is right now. It's tough, Listen, y'all, y'all, y'all got it. I, Isaac, you you convinced me because I've I've been on the J Dub train as well. Like I think that he he's very good. But I've been kind of holding off in terms of like top twenty. Uh, that that number has just been been getting to me. I'm on board. Easily, I'm, I'm on board. He's he's gonna get there. He's gonna get. I'm there. being conservative <laughs> at top twenty. Shout out to our homie CJ who looks exactly like J Dub. But by by the way, facts are fucking twins. Listen, are you serious? We'll, That's we'll, hilarious. We will listen. We'll put up a picture, and you guys you guys will see. But yeah, yeah. I, I'm J-Dub. very J-Dub excited too. to see what J Dub does in a playoff setting because that's gonna that's gonna do a lot for his reputation around the league. You know, one strong playoff run as a young player can really convince people mm-hmm. when all their eyes are on you. And mm. one bad playoff run can really make you people not give a fuck about you until you prove them otherwise. It's the Anthony Edwards versus Sabonis thing where all people remember is your most recent playoff run. I'm praying he doesn't fumble because <laughs> I'm a little <laughs> stupid. No, I'm dead, bro. That'll be hilarious. All yeah. my stock is here. He's in the, I'm going to go tumbling down. If not, it's going to be bad. <laughs> it's going to be bad. But it's okay. I'll be there to defend you. Donovan, who's your next player? <laughs> my next player. I'm going... With Franz Wagner, I I, I think that Franz Wagner is still underrated because, and the only reason why I think this is because of of injury. He got hurt and there was a stretch where Paolo had to do really everything offensively. And I think that like, you know, because of that, Paolo is the one who got the all-star nod. Paolo's also like having a a better season. Like he's a better player, but it feels like it's kind of become Paolo and then the rest of the magic. Whereas coming into this year, I thought that mm-hmm. both of them could could be all stars this year. The, the building block and the core of this team is very much Paolo and Franz. And Franz is he's a great scorer. He's averaging twenty one five and four. He's a good defender. A majority of the uh, of the Magic's best lineups include him. Even when Paolo's not on the floor, right? Defensively, they are very very good when he's on the floor. Right. Versus whenever he's off. And I think that as the season continues and as he, you know, obviously gets or not gets healthy because he is healthy. But as he continues to play well, once we get to the playoffs and the playing and all that type of stuff, then people will start to come around and be like, oh, yeah, we forgot Franz Wagner is this good. We forgot that he is this big and can handle the ball, can put the ball on the, on the floor. He's not having a great year shooting which I think has probably also contributed to uh, to a lot of people not seeing him in the light that I think that he is. But mm-hmm. 
for the two years prior to this, he was a he was a solid shooter. He was okay, and I think that eventually he'll get back to that, and then we can start talking about Franz Wagner as like that guy again. But he's he's really really good. I don't think we're talking about it enough. Yeah, Chicago yeah. Wolf he's a lot closer. He's a lot closer to as good of a player as Pavel Bancaro is, and people realize. Like how you said, the narrative has come Paolo and then a bunch of everybody else. Mm-hmm. That's why he was an all star because he's carrying a roster of nothing. Franz is neck and neck with him. Like, sure, you can give Paolo the nod now. He's a better passer, I guess. But like scoring wise, they're very similar. And now Paolo profiles long term to be a better score, you know, that size and that athleticism. But right now, it's very close. Yes. Yes. How, how, do, how, do, you, how do you feel about that, Mo? No, I agree. I want to divert the attention back to Isaac real quick, quick for two seconds because you're painting yourself as the known Paolo Bancara hater. <laughs> Every single time you talk about him, it's like, yeah, but he's not as good as this and that. And it just needs to be clarified that you don't fucking hate him at all. It just sometimes you have like questions about who he really is, which is fine when it comes to every single I don't even have questions about who he really is. I just think Franz is just as good. <laughs> <laughs> I think Paolo's good. I think he's as good as everybody else does. I just think Franz is... Like Donovan said, very mm-hmm. slept on. Like he just again doesn't have number one pick hype, doesn't have the American player hype, doesn't have you know he hasn't been available this year. But like by every measurable way, he's neck and neck with him. I guess yeah, I would say I wouldn't necessarily agree with him neck and neck, but I would say in terms of importance, he's pretty much just around the same level as Paolo, which means the same exact thing as around neck and neck or whatever. But regardless of the fact, yeah, like. It doesn't help necessarily because Franz was hurt for a chunk of the year. I want to say like Mm -hmm. 15, 20 games ago Mm -hmm. or whatever. And the Orlando Magic did see a dip in terms of the wins and loss column. But Paul was able to keep them just afloat. And I think next year, a lot of people will be awake once the Orlando Magic, you know, probably become a seven or a six, maybe even as high as like a four or five seed next year. uh, Once it corrects all the wrongs on their on their uh, roster in terms of shooting but yeah like people probably hopefully people wake up when it comes to him and his production next year i agree he's great Who, whose player was that is that yours Donovan? yeah yeah that, that was my guy I, yeah right. I, 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 I guess, I love guess it's back to me this is gonna be real quick i got denny avdiha i love it denny is the next the next role player that's just like rotting away on a good team that needs mm-hmm. to be free to go be somebody's eric gordon aaron gordon or whatever like He's the next one of that. He's a big wing who can shoot 41% from three, 72% at the rim. And defensively, he's incredibly impressive. Again, back to these basketball index stats. He spends 49% of his defensive possessions guarding somebody with over 35% usage. Wow. I mean, over 30%. And they they divide that into like usage tier one, tier Mm -hmm. two, tier three to kind of like show like a pseudo option. So 49% of his defensive possessions, he's guarding the first option of the team. That's incredibly high. That roster has no talent, and he's their true wing stopper. Like, he takes the toughest assignment every night, has no issues. He's extremely talented on that end. And offensively, he's taken leaps. In previous years, he's kind of been that type of guy that, like, every Wizards fan is like, please shoot more. What are you doing? Why are you scared? And this year, he's, you know, stepping into those shoes a lot better, developing, like I said, 41% from three, and just becoming one of those guys like Aaron Gordon that just checks all the boxes and you Uh know will contribute to a winning team if given the opportunity. Huh. So back in the year of Corona 2020, I was back in <laughs> fucking Georgia, bro, in the dungeon, and I was making out predictions. I posted YouTube videos, Mojo and I go check it out. I'm not fucking lying. It's called like NBA draft stock market or some shit like that. I don't fucking know. And I said, yo, I'm really high on Denny of Dia. When I see him, I see a lot of shades of Ben Simmons plus 
eventually, <laughs> hopefully, a fucking slight jump shot. And he's gone to that point. <laughs> Denny Evdia coming. Denny Evdia back Damn. in the Israeli league that he played ass in. <laughs> I know. Oh, my goodness, bro. <laughs> Blew all the goddamn dust away with that bitch. Goddamn. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Denny Evdia profiled as a really good damn player in the transition was super able as a passer and could run the offense at times at spurts at that size which is of course where the ben simmons comparisons came out to be but of course he wasn't just like he wasn't that level of athlete but he young is out on the defensive end as well or at least developed to, to for that to be a very strong part of his game and now that the shot has come around and the consistency of one being willing to take them he becomes a whole new type of valuable player in the NBA and someone who was a Denny of the truther. I don't know anybody in the goddamn earth who said this shit, but now I'm proud as hell to say that. It makes me happy to see that he's fulfilling his potential. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm a lone man in this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out him. Who's your next player? Oh, uh, man. So my next player coming after Denny of Dia is actually Jared Allen. Um, oh, he's my number two on my list. We're after Jalen Williams. He's on my list too. Look at, Look at us. Lock, Look at that. Locked Look in. at us. We are all over here. I don't think that there's Jared been a pick Allen. today that any one of us has been like, ah, you tripping on that one. I think we're all mm-hmm. generally like, yeah, these guys are underrated. We're, we're, <laughs> we're doing good. Proud of us. I agree, bro. I agree. Jared Allen is so special when it comes to like... His development over the years has been great. He was he's already been an all-star a couple of years ago when the all-star game was at Cleveland. And he deserved that for sure. But to see him still keep maintain that level of play and even become better when it comes to the type of passing reads that he's been able to make, still a tremendous player. Um, when it comes to defense on the court, he hangs has had on that end as well. And just growing his bag and expanding his offensive capabilities once in a while, you know what I'm saying? Being able to score. 10 feet away from the rim, sometimes 16, 17 feet away from the rim makes the most difference in the world and makes you so much more valuable as a player. And the second that he, I don't know if he will hit the trade market, but if that ever happens, so many teams are going to be on his back. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, he's incredible. Anthony Davis is one of the most active defenders in the league, helps his teammates the most, carries the most weight around him to protect the rim. And he defends 42% of opponent shots at the rim. He finds a way to affect it 42% of the time. Jared Allen is at 47% this year. Damn! He's everywhere. Everywhere. If there's a shot being taken at the rim, almost half the time he is there to stop it or at least make it difficult for you. Just one of the more active rim protectors in the league. One of the best role men in the league. Like you said, a good short roll passer. Can do some stuff with the ball in his hands as a finisher that isn't just catching lobs. Like he's actually talented and making moves when needed to like do little drop steps and stuff. Full package for a role man. Every time that I see Jared Allen, I'm so disappointed that he gave us the quote of the lights were too bright. Cause I'm like, you're so you're like, yeah. you're, like you're so good. And like, I want to be your, but anytime you have a bad game, that quote is going to, is going to come out and people just aren't going to understand like how, how good you are. They're not going to understand the fact that you, like Mo said, you have a bag now and you are like legitimately <laughs> impactful on both ends of the floor. And even for a team that we've kind of criticized the roster construction with with the two bigs, with him and Mobley. Both of the bigs have started to add a little bit more. And and like the Cavs, even without Mobley this year, like they were they were the number one defense last year because they had Mobley and Allen. And even without Mobley this year, they were still, they made that run up to the second seed in the East because Jared Allen was that dominant. 
And he has been so, so good. I I think that like, nah, man, he's he's great. I just I really, really wish that we did not that he did not give us give us that quote. Cause now it's gonna be used <laughs> now it's gonna be used against him at every turn. That's fucking hilarious. I really bro. wish that um what was the coach that got fired? Oh, Kenny Atkinson. Mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. wish that Kenny Atkinson didn't have to start DeAndre Jordan over Jared Allen whenever Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant signed for oh politics reasons. Because this Jared Allen would have been really fucking cool to see next to Kyrie and KD. I'll tell you that. They Perfect fit, bro. These players came with GMs, fit. man. Yeah. Granted, he got traded as a part of the James Harden thing. So, like, you know, that's why. So, you make that move every time. But, man. See, it's, it's nice that he landed with another team that became a contender. We can really appreciate him on this high-level team like this. And, and as we say that, he just got crossed up and put on the ground by Luca. <laughs> 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 I promise we know what we're talking about, y'all. It's this Luka Doncic. This is a raw play, bro. The way yeah, he makes nah. people think like, he thinks it's going to be a shot. Niang runs up, makes it to a lob. Luka's a genius. That's disgusting, bro. That is disgusting. Sometimes it's... That's you know, You know when you see it's a, a different off, player way. or this player... <laughs> yeah, no one cares, though. Why is it... It's a crossover <laughs> in my eyes. <laughs> you a crossover. You just get back with him. Yeah, exactly, bro. <laughs> but, it's a forearm to the chest. You know a player's special when it comes to like when you when you're watching a game, you have like the most vision that anybody can have, and you see the star player make a move that you didn't see coming from ten miles away, bro. It's ridiculous. Yeah, vision is crazy. All right, who's your next player? Or who's up next? Who said that? Who is it? Uh, I think Mo said it. Mo said that was Mo. Yeah. Donovan, who's your next player? All right, I'm listen. I'm gonna make this very quick. I had to get my homer stuff in. Isaiah Hartenstein is very underrated. Good um, pick. Good nice. Pick. I, I think that. The the Knicks and that's all the Knicks talk for today. Next player, <laughs> woo! <laughs> Listen, real, real we love quick. to fucking Under, see understand, you, bro. Understand that the Knicks hold things similar similar to what the Cavs were um, last year, where they have they have these these two bigs and their defense is kind of based around it. The Knicks were able to create an identity around offensive rebounding, and that's because Robinson's starting, and then he comes off, and Hartenstein is able to come in, back him up, and do the exact same thing. Mitchell's been hurt the entire year. And Hartenstein is like, you know what? I can do this full time. And the Knicks, whenever he's he's on the floor, the Knicks are still a great a great rebounding team. He stepped in, into that role, fantastic. I just want to show him some love. I love him. He's on my fantasy team. Great pickup. Got him for nothing off the waiver wire. Done numbers. Eating. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> he's great. Man. I was gonna put him on my list too. I just didn't have no space, but he's up there. Yeah. Somebody else. I'll quickly also mention a role player of my list. Herb Jones. Yeah, the, fire. The Pelicans have currently a top ten defense in the league. They're starting Zion Williamson, bad defender. Jonas Valanciunas, pretty fucking bad defender. Brandon Ingram, not a good defender. CJ McCollum, certainly not a good defender. Four players aren't good at defense, but Herb Jones is motherfucking Superman, putting the best player on the on the enemy team in a straight jacket every night, sending them to jail, as Jokic Josar always says on his TikTok talking about Herb. This man is one of the rare like legitimate lockdown defenders in the NBA when it's as hard as ever to be effective on the perimeter with the way the game is played. Mm-hmm. He puts people in jail legitimately and carries that defense in a way you don't really see from a perimeter defender very often since, you know, he can only defend one guy at a time. He's not like a big that can rotate everywhere. He is incredible on that end and is currently shooting 40% for three for the year, which if he's going to be doing that, he's one of the best role players in the NBA. Ooh. Good grief, man. We love Herb Jones love out here. I see it. We really do. <laughs> I wish I had him his on my Herb. team. Yeah, that it's is. It's just true. funny. His name is Herb. Like that type of name, you just you got to be gritty. 
That's such the a, last that's time such I old, like an old southern name. Just heard I know, Herbert, bro. <laughs> yeah, facts. Old southern dude who just seems financially responsible, bro. The last, the only time that I ever seen him made NBA headlines is when he said outwardly that like he still drives the same car that he rode in in college, which is either some van or some like Dodge Challenger or some shit like that. Very inspirational. Naturally. Save your money, kids. <laughs> but Shout um. Him. We can roll into my next player. It's actually a role player. One of my favorite role players in the entire NBA. I love seeing guys come out of college as a specific being viewed as one specific type of player and turn into like something else. Aaron Neesmith. Oh, my God. Coming out of college, he was a two year college player. Uh, his last year in college, he didn't really have much of an opportunity to play because he was fucking hurt. Um, but. Since he's been in the NBA, was a part of the Boston Celtics, didn't really have that limelight, of course, because of the Wings, Jalen Brown, and the Tatums of the world. No opportunity. But he's found a way to go ahead and fulfill his potential as a shooter alongside Ty- Tyrese Halliburton, shooting like 45% from three-point line or something crazy like that. And his defense has been so inspirational. And it's one of those, one of the saving, one of the things that's just the reason why the Pacers aren't last in that category and so aaron neesmith he deserved the fucking i would have, if if we were literally ranking this i'll put him at, num- at my number one list at my number one spot for making him uh the most underrated player in the nba great three and d player i can see that he's Love great yeah he's, de- he's developed very nicely this year like it's interesting they finally traded buddy hill and i think a big part of that is because his emergence as like somebody who's going to be in the starting lineup for a long time mm-hmm. and it's it, you said you always like when somebody can come into league as one player and transform into something else I like it when they have a, a team gives up on them and then the second team is like, oh, you're using this guy all the way the fucking wrong. Let's make him into this player. And he has a chance of the second team to really thrive. That, that's what happened here. He was drafted by the Celtics, traded for Malcolm Brogdon. And, you know, now he's the most valuable player in that trade, which I don't think anybody expected when it happened. I agree. I agree, man. He ha- He's found his way and the next stop for him as is in when it comes to his development is like can you do a little bit of things off the bounce because right now he's a, a fantastic cutter can when it comes to catching just straight up going straight at the rim he's great at that athletic as ever and of course like what he hung his hat on in college and also in high school folks were making him out to be like the next clay thompson which is absolutely disgusting but he was that level of shooter when it was when he was back in those 16 17 18 year old days but what he's doing now is fantastic to see bro love it yeah Dovin, how many players do you have left? I have one left. I have one left. All right, who's your last player? My last player is Amen Thompson. Uh, okay. I don't, rookie, okay. Don't, listen, do not forget about Amen Thompson going into the, this offseason. Don't do it. I recently had the chance to see him live, to see him in person. Yo, this guy mm. moves differently. Like, yeah. he <laughs> is, his athleticism, his burst, his ability to go side to side and get from point A to point B like that is crazy. And he can't shoot for anything, but he is around the ball all day long. Over the last 10 games, he's averaging a steal game. He's averaging a block game. He's great on, on defense. This team this team right now, like obviously Fred Van Vliet is, is the starting point guard, but they drafted him in very, very high. He's going to be the guard of the future, so it's just going to be time. He has all the physical tools to be a good NBA point guard, even if the shooting never comes around to be something fantastic. His his defense, his motor, and his again just movement skills. I don't even know what what to call it. 
is going to be fluidity. Yeah. yeah. Well, athleticism is what we call yeah, it. I, I yeah, guess, I guess so. You're right. But like all that, all that combined is going to be the reason why he's going to be a very, very successful NBA point guard. So don't, don't forget about a man Thompson. He's, he's fantastic. And he competes yeah. so hard on, on the defensive end. He, he has to start over Jalen Green now. It's time. Mm. Jalen Green is not getting any better. I know he, every every season he has two or three games where he drops 30 randomly. And it's like, oh, he's finally figuring it out. He's not. He's still just Jalen Green. Yeah. Amen Thompson needs to start long-term next to Fred Van Vliet as long as he's there. He's the guard of the future, like you said. And like the guard of the now. He's a more effective player. One of the strongest defenders in the league, like Asar. Or he will be in the future. I shouldn't say yet. It's an exaggeration. But like he's going to be up there just like Asar is. The burst, the passing ability... The, you you said like I don't know how to quantify the way he moves. I, I call it functional athleticism. The way he can like use that burst in like mm-hmm. you know like concise ways. Mm-hmm. He isn't like a drill between his legs. Oh, go kill him type of guy. But he's gonna blow by his guy every time with one strong cut every single time. Get to the rim. Yeah, it's like watching a powerful running back play. He just sees the hole and attacks it every time. Has, 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 he has, needs has. to be getting big minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I know. <laughs> and I know what he's to call it. Fucking Eric Dickerson. And I know what to call it, y'all. He has has, 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 him, his brother, and maybe like three other players in the NBA have the best quick twitch athleticism in the entire fucking world. It is ridiculous. Just how fast you see when it comes to start and finish and his ability to make that movement happen all of a sudden is insane. Most average person you see they're tearing their ACL. Yeah, you're <laughs> tearing the miscellaneous. Gets, gets, gets the block, gets the rebound, immediately pushes, gets the gets the ball. Keep going back, Mikhail. Gets gets the he ball. He chased down block Shea Gildas Alexander. Look at this. Let, let, let's break this down real quick. Chase down block and kill Alexander after Jabari blocks him. Gets his own rebound. Uses that speed. Immediately gets in front of everybody. Hits the cutter for the open shot. This is a quintessential Amen Thompson experience. He's <laughs> gonna be doing this every play when he's a full time starter. Pushing the ball in transition like a prime Ben Simmons. Chase down blocking better than any guard you see in the league because he's 6'7", has a 7-foot wingspan, and jumps out the fucking gym. Fast as hell, can get back on anybody. IQ to push the ball, hit all the right passes. Like He's going to be a star, and it's going to catch people by surprise that haven't been paying attention to him this year. I, just like you, Donovan, was blessed enough to have experience a men Thompson playing basketball. Mm-hmm. I watched him a couple, maybe like last month, or actually this month, in uh, Atlanta, and there were so many plays where I'm like telling my siblings, this dude is fucking different. Watch how fast he takes off from the ground and just how he makes these decisions and how his body just immediately aligns and reacts to it as if like his body and his mind is one. Like his athleticism is just yeah. truly different, bro. Yeah, he's a supercomputer. I agree. Cam Wentworth could also be up here. Cam Wentworth is going to be good. Shout out Ooh, him. Yeah, he could be starting as well over Jalen Green, but I guess anyone could in the <laughs> Yeah, that's all I'm about to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I got one player left real simple we don't gotta talk too much about it Draymond Green gotta mm. put him on here still people have I think he's been taken for granted you know he's always been an unrated player right but you know for years he was winning championships people he got the recognition he deserved over the last couple of years I think people kind of talk about him like he's washed now and like he's just like there you know like when we're talking about Steph Curry and how this team is ass it's like he has no help you, nobody really says his name anymore and that's because for a couple of years, he had become like an offensive zero for some reason. He just, he says it in the interviews, he talks about it. He said it was because he was so used to playing with that super team when KD was there that mentally he wasn't oriented to try and score anymore. And it was hard for him to bring them back into his game. He's better back in his game. He's shooting 44% from three right now. Granted on a small volume, 2.5 attempts per game. But he's shooting really well, passing the ball as well as ever. 
And this team went from being garbage, scrap heap, 13 seed, 12 seed all year, to now being back into the play-in race because they went 11-2 over the last 13 games. And because of the fact that they started Draymond Green at center full-time, bench Kevon Looney, now they have spacing, and they're giving us a look that they've you know thrived with in the playoffs for years. Now it's their full-time look. And he has single-handedly made them a good team again, offensively and defensively. Like He needs all the flowers in the world, despite the fucking boxing highlight tape he's put up this year. And that's that's oh, the key. Man. That's the key, the, the boxing highlight tape. Because <laughs> he's not underrated just because he's underrated. He's underrated because everybody has been like, can you stop knocking people out because you're so good at basketball? Like, if you can just focus on that and not make somebody be unconscious for two seconds, then maybe we can get something going. And I'm very happy. Because also, like, his tone, even after, like, coming back, it's been... It's been different. Like on the on the court, you still get the same, you know, wild Draymond. Like his edge is still there. You still get all of that. But hearing him hearing him talk right now, like over the past, you know, 10, 15 games, as opposed to what he sounded like after the after the pool punch or after the Sabonis stomp or after the Gobert ch- chokeout, like there was it just it just sounds different. And it sounds like he is locked in right now focused on making the Warriors like a championship contender again. We'll see, right, ultimately how far they get in the playoffs. But they have a chance now where if you asked me th- yeah. if you asked me three weeks ago, I would have said no. There's no way there's no way they're making a first round playoff series competitive. But that but yeah. that's not the case. Don't get me wrong. He's still a he's a fucking maniac and as a personality, <laughs> he's not somebody I really want on my team. He recently went in on Grant Williams saying he's a fake tough guy. I don't know why he threw that shot at him, whatever. He said some stupid shit about Miles Bridges in there because he's my brother for life and he's being an idiot. Dumbass comments. He's a moron. Uh, Again, maniac. Can't stop hitting people. There was that clip of him looking at Paul George and going like this for some reason. Like, you know, fucking (laughs) shit him. Like, total maniac. (laughs) But man, that motherfucker can play defense. And that's what, and that's like the story of Draymond Green, bro. Like, off the court, you look at him, it's like, ah, well, not off the court, on the court. When it comes to shenanigans, it's like, eh. <laughs> but on the court, he's fucking good, bro. <laughs> you were finding some crazy tweets of mine. That when is hilarious. When, when did I tweet this? And so Explain this to the audio listeners, Isaac. 2019. <laughs> explain this, please. It's a tweet of mine from 2019 that says, I'm going to tell my kids this is Draymond Green. And it's Hannibal <laughs> Burr standing there awkwardly. <laughs> Wow. That is fucking I don't know hilarious. why I tweeted this. That's so cool. The context bro. is was hilarious. That is fucking hilarious, bro. I love that. I agree <laughs> with you guys completely on that. Um, That's my whole list. Mo, who do you have left? So I got three players left. Okay, uh, Trey okay. Man. I'm gonna speed run through this. The Orlando Magic should trade for his ass. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Playing great, he's playing great, shooting 45 percent or 44 percent from three point lines since he's been with your, the Charlotte Hornet. He's been unlocked, been unleashed. Now that he has opportunity and a team that's willing to cater towards him. OKC can't do that. Too many good things going on. He's in Charlotte doing great things. Cool. After that, got Malik Monk, great player, spark plug, and he's a developed his playmaking ability. Love to see that. Last one, Mike Conley. Mike Conley is Mike Conley. He's steady, ready. He's 36 years old, and he, he seems like he could play forever, bro. Facts. Nice. All right, good. Shout out to Speedrun. Y'all, there it is. Each of us give 10 players. We think they're the most underrated in the league in a loose order. That was probably like 26 players deep. It's a long episode giving flowers. Take it while you can because negativity will soon come. So 
<laughs> Embrace the positivity of all dear. Ha, huh, man, this sucks. But I guess now this means that it is the first ever TikTok time that I am out of the goddamn hood. You guys, believe it or not. I forgot we didn't tell him. We fucking did it. Not me, not you, but all of you crown leaders out there. We are talking to you right now. We're out of the Bronx. We're currently Woo! in Washington, D.C. I got this whole new studio, new setup, same old ball. I got uh, the cranium is crazy behind me. If you fucking know, you fucking know. Um, life is different now, man. But now that I'm here, that doesn't mean that the Mo Get Mo Out of the Hood Foundation just stops. No, bro. We're changing the LLC name. Keep Mo out of the hood. That's what this bitch is called now. <laughs> and I'm not going back. back into your old I'm lifestyle. I'm not going back. <laughs> Facts. Exactly. So this is the first ever goddamn TikTok time. Let's run this shit up, eaters. And where you at? <laughs> Hell yeah, Crown Eaters, welcome to fucking TikTok time. What the, where did the, this man, I don't <laughs> Listen. For Joe's watching, he just pulled up with a cat, didn't tell us anything. Where did this cat just come from? <laughs> this right here is my rat repellent. Fuck is you talking oh about, man? God. I moved oh to Washington, D.C. I'm coming fucking different. And plus, she's cute too. Her name is Mia, right? Nice. Shout out Mia. I had no idea this was happening. This shocked me as much as it did y'all. <laughs> I think she's a little camera size, so she wants to leave. But oh, we're fucking goes. ready right she now. Did. She did. Let me open the door for her real quick. Yeah, she's Crazy. camera she's not, she, she saw a rat to go take you. Fucking brought him with you. <laughs> she's going on attack. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you were tracking them with you state to state, nationwide rats. <laughs> as always, we're going to start with the draft. This time, we're going to draft NBA lineups with only players who played for a New York team. So they had to have played for the Knicks or the Nets, obviously. Mm, yes, Knicks sir. or Nets. Yes, so, sir. Draft you, you, order? you guys know how it goes, but I don't got to explain anything. Draft order is Mo, Donovan, me. Mm. Real simple. Let's draft NBA lineups with only players who played for a New York team. Where are we going first, Mo? First overall pick. Give me the Slim Reaper himself, Kevin Durant. I need it. Okay, okay. I need it. Okay. New Predictable. That. New that. Yawn. Give Yawn. me... Sounds like jealousy. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> a little bit. It's, it's not, y'all. It's, it's predictable. While I was mapping this out, I knew I, I knew where you were going to go. But for my first pick, give me Kevin Garnett. Fuck. Ooh, I was really hoping you'd pick somebody else. Ooh, and I knew. Nice. I knew. I, I, mapped, I mapped this out. No. Uh, I, come on. Damn. damn you uh, I'm not going to lie. If you didn't pick AG, I think I would have won instantly <laughs> with who I could have paired him with. Damn. Uh, okay. Because I know. Damn. I know, damn, I, know where, damn. I know where you're going. Well, yeah, and obviously I have to go this way now. Yeah. Give me James Harden mm -hmm. and Patrick Ewing. Yeah. Give me that pick and roll combination. Okay. It's a thick pick and roll combination. I love that. Ain't nobody <laughs> talking that shit. <laughs> Damn. That's, that's okay. crazy. Yeah. It's going to be a <laughs> crazy <laughs> duo name. Harden, I like Harden it. at the one, Ewing at the five. That's good. Starting right. with size. Yeah, that's fine. At my two, give me Tracy McGrady. Okay, good pick. Hmm. Okay, nice. I love that. So you got Harden at the one, Ewing at the two, KG. Nice. I love that shit. All right. So at my one, go ahead and give me Kyrie Irving. Am I just rebuilding the Brooklyn Nets? Maybe. <laughs> Are you just you're building the biggest disaster in NBA history? Let's get it. Listen, it's for one game. I got it, bro. <laughs> go ahead and give me Kyrie Irving, and then at my four. Give me Julius Irving. Ooh, the mm. aura on my team is different. You okay. can't have him because he played for the New Jersey Nets, not the Brooklyn Nets. Wait, it was in New York, though. 
New Jersey is not in New York. Oh my God, no! Bozo alert. He's a part of Team History, though. You don't know your geography. Oh my God, that sucks ass. Uh, I was I okay. Agree. I thought we were counting it. I it should count. Genuinely, play in New York. It's It's a part of no, the no, team no, history. No, but you though. said you said New York team, and so the team has history elsewhere. But they were not a New York team. Okay. Yeah. Straw man's arguments. It's still the same franchise. Did they play in New York? Did he play in New York? It, it, that's not the, that's not I the said point. New York team for simplicity so people to understand <laughs> it. I intro this to you as players who played in New York. I asked you players who have played for the Knicks or the Nets <laughs> earlier, and you said yes. And so we're talking about the franchise. It is players who played in New York. <laughs> there we go. On oh, hey, Nikhil's on our team okay, right oh, now. Oh, interesting. ABA. No, Isaac could be a bastard and be like ABA. But I'm still taking it. Turn around me. Here we go. On Black History Month 2. Let me have my last day, goddammit. Alright, we'll give it to you because it was ABA. That's a little technicality. You can have it. There we go. This whole draft is a technicality. I knew somebody wasn't gonna pay attention to that, but yeah. There we go. I I guess I intro it to them to the crayon eaters wrong. I said New York teams. To you guys, I said players who played in New York. So that was the Thing. Crown eaters, we would never. I will never let you lead you astray. Never ever. <laughs> I got your back. <laughs> it's fine. Julie's Irvin right. and Katie is interesting. It is. Now, what would a New York team for me be without three to the dome? Give me Carmelo Anthony at the three. Mm. Ooh, okay. Straight Mac and Mello, That's, that's straight, an interesting straight, combination. Straight buckets. <laughs> straight buckets. KG's gonna be defending everybody. Exactly. I love that. Yeah, if you're gonna have those two, KG's the person to pair them with. Hmm. After that, where I want to go? Hmm. You guys already have that, so I don't need that. I have a one. You know what? Am I two? Give me Bernard King. Mm. Good pick. Give me a New York Good legend. Pick. Good pick. Okay, that's very solid. That's very solid. I like that. Not bad at all. Then am I three? Give me Paul Pierce. Also a good mm. pick. Also okay. a good pick. I like that. I like that. Paul Pierce is all. You got a real balanced lineup. Real thick as fuck, too, but balanced. <laughs> you keep going back to the thickness. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's true. I, it seems like you came on this bitch with, a prop, with an agenda to be made, but okay. <laughs> I'm drafting for girth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where are we going, Donovan? You know what? <laughs> ABA merchant. <laughs> <laughs> You know, with this team, look, this team probably wouldn't win in Madison Square Garden, but we're going to win at Rucker Park. Give me Penny Hardaway at my point guard. Mm. Mm. Nice technicality pick. He played there for five seconds. <laughs> okay. He I like played it. there. I like it. Nice. Nice. Okay. That's, that's interesting. That's interesting. Okay. So to round this bitch out, I need a little bit of more defense and a little bit more facilitating. So at my two guard... I'm going to go ahead and put Jason Kidd there. And then okay. at my five, okay. I need I need defense because y'all, I might get brutalized in the paint. So give me someone sturdier than ever. Give me Tyson Chandler. Mm. You're good. That's a, that's a, that's a Tyson great Chandler, pick. That's a great sleeper pick. pick. Because that's what, that's what I wanted. But mm. now... And now, now I'm trying to decide if I want to move KG to the five or if I want to get an actual five. And I think with Tyson and Patrick, I have to go get an actual five. So give me, yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to do this. 
Actually, no. For, forget this. Put KG at the five. Right there. No, I'm not. I'm not doing that. Put KG at the five. At the four, give me Amari Stoudemire. Whoa! Ooh, damn. Interesting. You murdered your spacing, but oh. interesting. I told, I told you. I told you. We're playing at Rucker Park. We're not. We're <laughs> okay, not trying to play. True. You're a, in New York. We're okay. not playing organized basketball here. We're Listen, just trying to. You went two bigs with no spacing. Give me two bigs with spacing. Give me Kristaps Porzingis at the four. Ooh, got twin towers with spacing. Okay. Tingus Pingus in my lineup. Tingus Pingus is lethal, bro. Not gonna lie. I'm surprised you didn't pick Vince Carter, Donovan. I thought you were gonna go that way. Vince I Carter played for New Jersey only. Oh my God! Here we go again. We're not doing that's this what, anymore. That's what, that's what I'm saying. I wasn't trying to. I wasn't trying to get into it again. <laughs> that was the whole reason I brought that because I knew someone was in Pigments Carter, so that'd be funny. That is absolutely like, hilarious. I messed bro. up by saying New York teams in the intro to this. Damn it! Now I'm. <laughs> now you stuck to it. You damn it. Players who played in New York. God damn it! <laughs> what a wasted bit. I knew someone was in Pigments Carter. That is hilarious. Bro. You, you see, you see what I'm saying? He set this up purely for the bit. Purely not not so that we can have a successful draft. It was for the bit. I, said, I knew somebody. I knew somebody would not be not being paying attention to the to the prompt. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, Isaac, it's for the content, and I'm for it with it too. <laughs> <laughs> so my team: James Harden, Bernard King, Paul Pierce, Tingus Pingus, Patrick Ewing. Nice. All right, my team: Penny Hardaway, Tracy McGrady, Carmelo Anthony, Amari Stoudemire, Kevin Garnett. Love oh yeah, we're, we're not losing a game. <laughs> I got Kyrie Irving, Jason Kidd, KD, Julius Irving, and Tyson Chandler. Crown leaders, who won? And tell me why it was me. <laughs> it's either me or you. I think you have a great team. I mean, I would put K- I would, you have Kidd at the two. I would call him the point guard. Kyrie, the yeah, team, for sure. So people understand a little more. Yeah, for sure. I like your team. Your team makes a lot of sense. Very, very modern. I think Donovan sold a little bit picking Amari Stoudemire. I don't I know. Mean, what did I tell I don't see you? The fit there. What did I tell you? We're not trying to play some like five on five at the Rucker organized basketball. That's not what we're doing, right? Put me in two K. Put me in Rucker Park. We're not losing a game. We're just, it's just not happening. We're about buckets, and that's what my team is. That's hilarious. So, Ewing and Pingus. That's some length. You came in this bitch with a prerogative. I told you. <laughs> Length and girth. <laughs> that wasn't on purpose. My bad. It was. Liar. <laughs> that, that one wasn't on purpose. <laughs> and it comes to doing what you want to do, you won this draft. <laughs> oh, my God. I wanted. <laughs> All right. Anyways, I guess we move on to the next thing we have in mind. Yeah. You know, the Clippers recently rebranded. We talked about it on the live stream. If you want to hear our full thoughts breaking down this, you can go watch it there. We talked about it for like 15 minutes. We got really in-depth on this rebrand. But in the spirit of that, I think we talked about some other NBA rebrands over the years. And we're going to grade them. So it should be interesting. There's some good ones, some terrible ones, some in-between. Obviously, the Clippers are going to be one of them. Come on. Let's so do it. simple. Bring I want you on. to grade this NBA rebrand. First off, the Los Angeles Clippers. Listen, man, I, gave, oh, this, man, oh, I man. gave this an A on the stream. This is, this is an A for me. They it went remains from, an A. Woof, wow. They went from having the worst logo in the league to now having some type of direction with the compass. Uh, just, just a smidgen of aura. Literally Good a direction job. with the compass. <laughs> I'll send you to their bars. That's hilarious. <laughs> you know me. You know me. <laughs> I think the, the jersey is a big upgrade. Going back to the cursor font is smart. The jerseys before were horrible. Logo is better, but it's still kind of mid. There's too much going on. Yeah, nah. When it comes to the logo, it's really ass for being honest with you. I said on the stream, 
<laughs> it looks like U.S. currency. I said it looks like a dime. Yeah, no, like it looks like currency. It looks like a dime. It looks like I could share a quarter that I got from Mexico, bro. It looks like a fucking peso. Like, it's ridiculous. But like the jerseys are hard. Exactly, bro. <laughs> People don't know what they want. If the Clippers came out here with another minimal logo, everybody would have been like, oh, it's so boring. They went out. They tried it's to do. It's low-key minimal. They, it's just they, blue and white. It's they tried to do muddy. You don't have to put the rainbow in the logo for it not to be minimal. They have their color scheme. They, stick, they stuck to it. They put, they put a couple things in it. They tried, and we should give them credit for that. Great. You did you did a little bit better than the worst brand in the league. I'll give you a B-. minus. I just see this logo, you guys and I think like... I think USPA polo vibes. It's just like you want to be it, <laughs> but you really can't be it. But you're trying really hard, and I'll let you pass. <laughs> supposed to be a battleship or something. Looks like a cruise liner. We're on a Disney cruise. Yeah, exactly, bro. I'm going to be exactly. in brunch with Goofy. This is a cruise line on God, bro. Caribbean? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Steve Ballmer and Mickey are going to be dapping up on the fucking uh, <laughs> fixing a karaoke. <laughs> That's great, bro. Uh, it's mid. So, it's, it's better though. So B minus. B minus. I'll meet you guys in the middle. B plus. <laughs> okay, there you go. Next up, who we got? The Brooklyn Nets in 2012. See, this, this, is, worse. this is tough. This is tough because when the first, when the rebrand first happened, I was like, okay, now nah, like the black and white, it looks kind of cool. Yeah. Looking looking back on it, nah, it's boring. This sucks <laughs> now. For the time, it was good. They needed it. That old one had really worn away. It was. Really overstayed its welcome. I think it was an A for the time, but now we need another one. They need a new refresh now. It's been too long. So I'm a, I'll give it an A for the time. That is, that's a good way to look at it. That's a good way to look at it. But in terms of just like pitting that what a real A should be, which is being timeless, I want to give this like a C. Oh, it's not that. It's not that at all. That shit is, needs to go. Yeah, exactly. I'll I want to go I'll ahead and give it a C. I'm going to go bad. with the C as well. It's mid now. You're right. You're right. I said on the stream. in hindsight for sure. Yeah. I said on the stream too, this shit looks like a police badge or some shit like that. It just doesn't. <laughs> it, does. it looks like so federal. You can't fuck yeah, with it. Yeah, it does. Okay. Next one. The Atlanta Hawks. Now, <sighs> the logo. Mixed feelings. The logo is kind of cool. I, I don't. It's good. I, 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 I like Going the logo. Going back to the old logo was smart. The jerseys. Ooh, are those trash? Mo, these are some of the worst jerseys I've ever laid my eyes on. These things <laughs> hurt my eyes. My prescription got worse after seeing these. There's too much <laughs> going on. It's awful. This looks so like these bad. fucking Friday Night Tykes jerseys. You seen those jerseys the Little League football teams you're wearing? They're all bright. This yeah. is like Julian Newman's jersey from that famous clip of him going crazy between the legs. <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible. They did a not- rebrand and dropped the jerseys like two years later because they were so ass. That should tell you something. I'm not going to lie. I think they're good. But I'm obligated to say that because I have one. I have one. What you want me to say? <laughs> a piece of equipment that. that I have is trash? It's not about what no, I believe or not. Tron I got jerseys, it. Those diamonds are awful. Fuck that. I'm true to Atlanta. It's nice. <laughs> this is terrible. But yeah, I'll go the old D because the jerseys are terrible. Yeah, okay. I'm going, I'm I can, going D as well. I would say C mm. because the logo carries heavy. The logo is not The logo is the only ass. reason it's not an F. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Sad days in Atlanta, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, we got the Minnesota Timberwolves. This sucked. Wow. This sucked. What? I just want to say it sucks because we I, have Shabazz Napier here, bro. <laughs> Why is Shabazz I, I, I Napier here? I like this here? a lot. I hate I them. Shabazz Napier. Oh, my gosh. 
I was gonna Muhammad. say a solid B. I think the jerseys on the left are trash. Obviously, the logo is cool. That's character. Those jerseys from the Kevin Love era are garbage. Those are awful. What? I don't like these. I think that these jerseys are on the same level. I don't think I don't think they upgraded mm. in any way. I think they okay. just they just swapped mid for mid. But the logo, <laughs> the the old logo is, mid is mid. <laughs> exactly the old logo is definitely better. Yeah. So where are we going? Are we going D? Uh. I think B might, I think C, because it's definitely not one of the worst logos or jerseys in the NBA, for sure. I thought it was solid. Damn, I'm in the minority. We'll yeah. go C. We'll go solid, is, solid is C. Solid is C. Can't, I thought it was ass. good. I thought it was a B. I like it. I like these jerseys. It could be a lot better. Let's just say that. Could be a lot better. All right. You have a fucking Next wolf, one. bro. The most ferocious animal. You go ahead and just put some lines behind that bitch. It's not good enough. The Cleveland Cavaliers in 2022. This was much needed. And I think that they did a very good job because, listen, those old Cleveland jerseys, they had the little Goodyear sponsorship. I cannot see these jerseys without thinking about tires. I can't <laughs> do it. My brain just goes there. The, the, new, the new Cavs jerseys actually look like basketball jerseys. I love the V and the basketball net and everything. Her, that's nice. That's good yeah. work. The, lo the logo barely changed. I don't know why they felt the need to do that, but the jerseys are 10 times better. The old ones are like everything wrong with 2010's jersey. They're just angular as fuck and look like they're made in like a Madden simulator. But the new ones is like the exact right way to do minimalism. Facts, bro. Looks like the old ones, the old jerseys, I feel like if you roll up in this bitch, you got a Transformer Decepticon from like... <laughs> 1950 or some shit like that, bro. Waiting to go ahead and crash out. Like, it's just so angular, boxy, uh, devious. But the new one is hard as hell. I fuck with it heavy. And the New Jersey, too, with the net in between the V. <laughs> w. Yeah. yeah. However, they do lose points for taking away the sword in the logo. The sword was cool. It gave it a little bit more character. Yeah, the logo is really plain, though. That is true. That is true. It's, it's so, kind of dull. It so really is this a is. B? Yeah, let's go B. The, the logo weighs it down. I think the logo was a bad change. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Tough. Jerseys are hard, though. Next up, the Milwaukee Bucks. This is a whole A-plus to me. The logo is a lot better, for sure. And the yeah, jerseys came a little bit away. Oh, yeah. No, this logo, new one's hard. The jerseys are a million times better. I think the jerseys on the left are garbage. I hated those. They needed this rebrand so bad. You hate every jersey from the 2010s. You do not like them <laughs> at all. Well, this one's from like, that's like a late 2000s jersey. But yeah, it's a bad era of jerseys. Ah, man. Who is that to the left? Is that Larry Sanders? Is that his name? Yeah. I'm so disgusting for remembering it off the top of the head. I hope Shout he's doing Larry okay, Sanders. man. Shout out yeah. Larry Sanders. I do wish there was... I, uh, I kind of missed the red in the Bucks design back yeah. then, but I like how they replace it with some blue. There's, there's a lot of cool blue hints in the new jerseys. That is what helps takes it to a next level, bro. The the green and red, I just don't know why, but those colors just don't mesh or gel unless it's fucking Christmas. Like why they're yeah. trying so hard to get that shit off, but it never went off. Yeah, maybe they you said, the cream you said, on the new one is tough. What do you, what do you mean? You said they don't. You said they don't mesh until it's time for them to be the greatest color pairing of all time during Christmas. <laughs> it always works. Green and red always works. <laughs> it worked. It worked back then. They should have brought it over here now. Ah, disagree. It's only it got it's if it's not in December, then it does it. Then it's trash in my opinion. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm. I'm just looking at this one in A though. I think the cream is good. I think the logo is better. This is a good refresh. 
Yeah. I want to give this an A. I'll go B. B minus. Okay. Mm. Hater. All right, next up. <laughs> the Washington Wizards. What, what is the difference? <laughs> <laughs> they kept the what same changed? fucking jerseys and took away the wizard as a logo and made their logo just like a ball and a star. Nothing to do with wizards. This is why they suck. And this is the perfect encapsulation of what the Washington Wizards are. They think that they do something and they just stay the same. Just <laughs> me. Not just, even to say the same. They got demonstrably worse. This is a nothing of a logo with no personality. What is it? What has to do with Wizards in this? It looks like they're like their team logo was like the Capitals. Oof. I mean, they did, the they did John Wall so dirty. Oh, bruh. Yeah, this is disgusting. This is easily an F, bro. I hate their jerseys. I've always hated their jerseys overall. And to see that they step take a step back from the logos, this has no personality, yeah. no character. You don't tell me about the history. I mean, I guess there's, I see the infrastructure with the star and I guess that's like cool. But no, it's not. It's ass. just a star. <laughs> no, there's a building. There's a building on top of the, under that. Yeah, star. it's the Washington Monument, which has nothing to do with the name Wizards. But it's. I guess it has something to do with Washington. So I guess this is like <laughs> exactly I see the vision. Great. Fantastic. I'm fighting for my life for him right here, man. Washington, I will never defend you again. <laughs> F. Listen, Listen you- the logo on the left isn't even that good. The one on the right is just stupid. At least Mo, the logo on the left made me feel now. proud. You need to. You need to fend for your people. Hey, fuck that. The crime rate here is insane, bro. I thought I was off the hook. <laughs> I might be back in oh this bitch. No, I'm good. I'm not defending shit. <laughs> F tier. This is the worst rebound in a long time. It's just, I agree. just got worse with no added benefits. Ass. This is F. That's the last one. Next thing right. we're going to do. Mo, I believe you have some celebrity lookalikes for us. Ah, yes. So we did this a couple weeks ago, maybe two months ago or so. And what I'm going to go ahead and do is bring up about like six or so pictures of celebrities who look exactly like NBA players. So going to go ahead and going to go ahead and hit this hook. Guess the NBA player by their celebrity lookalike. And I want you guys okay. to guess the name in your head. Okay. okay. This should be fun. Last time it was pretty easy. Let's see if you came, if you came harder. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> Let's go ahead and see. So first up, we got... I guess we started off like this. Nice producer Nikhil. (laughs) This is what celebrity looks like based off of, bro. Just getting the gist of it. Holy fuck, you're never beating these allegations ever in your life, Donovan. I'm sorry. (laughs) Nikhil, he was the mastermind behind this. It wasn't part of the plan, bro. You're lucky he didn't put Norm Powell while he was at it. (laughs) That's crazy, bro. (laughs) The meme will never die. I just tried to show up and be a good teammate, and I didn't think that I deserved this. You just you just kind of I just try to show tray. up. I try to do my job. I try to. This is a good picture too. Where'd you get this from, Nikhil? He must have been in the trenches because this is not in your gram, I think either. Good God! No, this, <laughs> this is this is from the uh, from the media shoot. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Nice, nice. That okay. was the first one. Let's get serious. Guess the NBA player by their celebrity lookalikes. Duke Dennis. Who is this player, what bro? What the hell? Yeah, man. I didn't know he had a celebrity. I don't know he was a lookalike of a player. He has a lookalike. And when I show you, your jaw's going to drop to the motherfucking ground. Ooh, who does Duke look like? Uh, hmm. Hmm. Is, it somebody that, is it somebody that's as glazed as he is? No, not nearly. Okay. Okay, is <laughs> not it because nearly. of... Okay, just get, give me a hit. Is it because of the dreads or because of the grill? Uh, 
Neither is facial structure. Facial, facial structure. structure. Is a young player. Yes, and to take it further, okay. he's in the West. Young player in the West. I mean, it's not John Morant, is it? No. Okay. okay that no. Okay, I think so. <laughs> I think so. Uh, no. Who was? <laughs> I was gonna say Grant Williams for a second because the eyes. <laughs> no, that's hilarious. But keep on thinking about the eyes, and hopefully you'll get to that point. Duke Who Dennis has Duke like little like? to no eyebrows, bro. But he has a very strong, like super what? strong facial features. Little to no eyebrows. <laughs> that's true. Look at him, bro. I'm being honest. <laughs> oh, I don't know where to go with this. That's crazy. Is he, does he play in California? No, he doesn't play in California. Oh, let's in, Texas. Let's in, no, not in Texas. Okay. I don't know where to go with this. I'm, I've never one seen one of the most popping teams in the NBA this season. Okay, he's on the Thunder. Yes, or is carrying heavy, but it's not Shea, of course. He looks like a Thunder player. Okay, is this Jang? <laughs> huh? Is this Jang? Jang? Who's Jang? Usman? No, not Usman. No. <laughs> there's, no there's, there's no way you're talking about Lou Dort. No, not Lou Dort. Oh my God, That'd you guys! No, not Lou Dort. Oh my goodness, y'all! List, y'all are so Man, close. Show, show the, no, no, keep going. I'm, I'm gonna figure this out. It's not. Wait, is it Big Jalen Williams? Yes, it's Big Jalen Williams. <laughs> They're fucking twins. What the hell? <laughs> you just okay. pick somebody who squints a lot. <laughs> <laughs> nah, bro. You pick Duke Dennis? That's crazy allegations. That's nah, crazy. bro. They don't. I on God, they don't even squint a lot. Just that's just how they are, bro. Look at it. Look <laughs> at every Duke single picture. That's crazy. They're okay. twins. That, that, that I is. never would have once thought that this looks like Duke Dennis. Bro, the <laughs> allegations insane. are out there on the internet. <laughs> They're out there. <laughs> wow. That is hilarious, Oh, my bro. God. The Duke plays never ends. They're saying it's like NBA players now. <laughs> so who's next? That's hilarious, bro. Ooh, we got Desmond <laughs> from RDC. <laughs> this is Rodney motherfucking hood. I see it immediately. I can immediately tell. <laughs> Bro, he even has the same facial hair as him. It's ridiculous. He's not even trying to. Yeah, this is so accurate. <laughs> I haven't thought of Rodney Hood's name in like five years, and immediately he came to mind. Bro, this oh to God. Crazy. I thought Rodney Hood was going to be the next NBA star. Little did you know, I was wrong. Not NBA star, but internet star. Damn. Skit star. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This love it. Bro. Who's next? Who? Next up, we got Jack Harlow. Help you guys be a lot of guys. I'm not gonna lie. This is okay. I'm gonna guess that this is uh, a boy in San Francisco, Brandon Pajemski. Oh, probably, but here. also it's also Kyle Guy. Oh, you guys are in your bag. It's actually Pods, man. But Kyle Guy could be a very good answer. I think he looks more like Kyle Guy than Pajemski. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Yeah, but Pajemski's on the Warriors. I got to get that Warriors push. <laughs> Who the hell's talking about I got to put hashtag guy. Warriors in the video. <laughs> exactly. You know me. That's hilarious. No, there's like uh, seven Jack Harlow's walking around every city in the country right now. You can pick him out of a fucking club. Yep. Black ass, skinny jeans, and a white tee with some white forces. I saw this dude yesterday, bro. <laughs> All over DC. Oh, God, bro. Who's next? That's hilarious. <laughs> Who... Next up, we got Slim in this bitch. Who is, is no this reason. player? There is no reason to do Jalen Williams J-Dub like this. There's no does reason. He, does he really? not look like Ronald Slim Williams? Am I wrong? Come on. <laughs> yeah, if you age him up 40 years and give him a pack of smokes a day, then yeah. Oh, wow. like this is so mean. 
<laughs> it's accurate. It's there's nothing wrong with that. This is just someone letting him know what his future might entail. I'm a good person. <laughs> you better okay. stay on the NBA nutrition plan. Right. <laughs> That's, That's hilarious. hilarious. Man. Who's next? Ooh, next up, <laughs> we got the man on a penny, Abraham Lincoln. Why Who does is everybody look like? Why does everybody on the Oklahoma City Thunder have a lookalike? Every, <laughs> everybody. Just one We're by running one. it up on the Thunder. Just one by one. This is Chet The best light-skinned player in the NBA, Chet motherfucking Holmgren. Woo! You are correct. <laughs> look at them ears and look at that no mustache above the lips. Disgusting combo, but he nah, rocks that no shit. mustache is crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> it is wild. It is wild. <laughs> it is by choice, too. I see the stubble. He shaved that mustache off. Yeah, I know. I think as of late, he's been rocking that bitch because he can't beat the allegations. It's hitting too hard. But he was definitely in that lineage. Abe was how tall? He was tall as fuck, right? Like 6'5"? Yeah, Yeah, he was like 6'4", 6'5". Damn. That's his great-grandfather. No mustaches, beard, looking mad Amish. That's crazy. We know your lineage. Yeah. (laughs) You were destined to be the one. (laughs) (laughs) Who's next? Ooh. (laughs) Next up, we got Booger. (laughs) Hall of Fame football (laughs) player. Who is this man? Can I tell you something? <laughs> you're being mean. You're being mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling the truth. You're, you're being mean to these people. Come on now. <laughs> Who is so this player? <laughs> this picture is so awkward. It looks like one of them, like, it looks literally like a meme. Looks fake as hell. It looks, it looks like, like, it looks like a, a face photo. swap. It looks so much like Zion Williamson. <laughs> Unnatural as hell. You got it, Zion Williamson. You are correct. They got the same smile. It's crazy. Yeah, no. If you were to tell me this is Zion Williamson's dad, I would 110% believe in you. (laughs) 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 Oh, that is, whoa, what is this? That is crazy. What is this? (laughs) Producing the kill. Why is there Drake on this phone? You were up to no good. (laughs) It's because somebody said you're a Temu Drake. That's hilarious. Uh, At the stream, that is hilarious. Mondays, 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Crowners be there. That's so funny. And I believe the that might one? be it. Or is there one more? Nope. Yeah, we don't that is it. I love kill inserted a fucking <laughs> ad break into the thing. <laughs> yeah, that is fucking hilarious. <laughs> we need the promo. That's hilarious. <laughs> Next thing we're going to do, we're going to do something we started a couple weeks ago where we're going to, me and Donovan are going to guess a top 10 of something that Mo mm. is going to have for us. Here this time we we're going to guess again. the top 10 points for game leaders from 2016. Okay. Yep. Gotcha, gotcha. Here we go. Y'all Done. 2016 was a while away. Was a while ago. And I hope y'all have some good memory. All right. Donovan, Isaac, I know well you're you in remember your health the 11th grade, Donovan. Yeah. Listen, facts. Uh, 11th grade was fun. 11th grade? That, that was, was the 11th grade. Holy time. shit. We're cooked. God oh, damn. and we get the numbers. Oh, we're eating. Oh, you shouldn't have put the numbers on there. But yeah, we're it's eating. okay. Let's see what you guys. Let's see what you guys think. Can you name the top 10 scores from the... Oh, shit. I fucked that up. Can you name the top 10 scores in 2016? All right. N- number number one, we'll go with the MVP of the league. Give us Steph Curry. Easy. That is too easy. I can only assume that LeBron James is up here. Mm, you are correct. Fifth. Who would have thought? Okay. Uh, I can also only assume that the second MVP, James Harden, is up here. Oh, my goodness. You are correct. He's number two. Can you, <laughs> can you give us perennial top scorer, Kevin Durant? Wow. Shocker. KD is number three. <laughs> After that, was Carmelo Anthony still on the Knicks going crazy in 2016? He was, right? Donovan, that question's for you. 16. Yes. 
Yes. That was one of his last effective years. Carmelo Anthony's on his list, right? You are incorrect. Oh. Wow. He is not that, on this list. Sucks. But somebody who should be on this list should be Russell Westbrook. Correct. Mm, you are correct. Russell Westbrook's coming in at number eight. There we go. Easy ones. We're getting, we're getting the easy ones out the way. After that, uh, Damian Lillard, he'd already ascended at this point, right? Okay, yeah. 2016 was there his we year. Go. Number six, you. okay. In your fucking bag. Let's go. Blake Griffin. Ooh, good Ooh, pick. Blake Griffin. No, sorry no. to say, but he is not top 10. Really? Okay. Ooh, is, oh, no. Is LaMarcus Aldridge on this list? Ooh, sad to say, but LaMarcus is not top 10. Is Kawhi on this list? Damn. Damn. Sorry to say, but he is not top 10. Damn. DeMar DeRozan. Damn. Sorry to say, but he is number nine. There we go. Oh, no. Congratulations. Congratulations. Okay, that. That. West teams, East teams. Who's four? Is Kyrie Irving on this list? Sorry to say, but he is not on this list. Okay. I don't think he played enough games this year, actually. All right. 2016. I'm trying to think about who was, who's dominating. Yeah, three the, spots left. Four, seven, and ten. Warriors, Cavs. Yes. Four, seven, Did, and yeah, ten. Running through the contenders. <laughs> Paul George? The Spurs. You oh. are correct. PG-13. Okay. Okay. Good, good. I almost forgot about him. Okay, we have Biggs. Now you got Is DeMarcus six. Cousins at seven? Ooh. DeMarcus oh. Cousins was at four, actually, oh, bro. Davis. Yes. Oh, two and one. You got it, Anthony Davis. Congratulations. You are the winner. Congratulations, guys. You guys did it again. Immaculate job. Your memory is top tier. Top Anything tier. Is possible. DeMarcus Cousins <laughs> being a number four is insane, bro. When I saw that, I was like, I good know. God. I forget this man was uber talented. Can you believe this was fucking eight years ago? Wow. And now this man is on podcast criticizing Trey Young and telling him that he should leave the Hawks. God damn, bro. That's crazy. <laughs> he knows ball. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> right, last thing we do before we get out of here. I'm going to name some NBA teams, and you guys are going to name their most underrated player in franchise history. Mm, okay. Okay. So listen, do we've it. done a lot of episodes where we uh, named the greatest players in franchise's history. We've named uh, the most talented. Now we're going to do the most underrated. Real simple. First off, the Phoenix Suns. Underrated players in NBA history. Should I say the man who shot funny, Sean, Sean Marion? He deserves to be on that. <laughs> He's talking up there. point for sure. He helped change the NBA. Easily. If he played today, he would have made like fucking $40 million a year. He would have been so valuable. Oh, my God. He would be making Jalen Brown money, bro. It would have been ridiculous. <laughs> so I would put, definitely put Sean Marion on that list. I yeah. like that pick. I, I'm going to go with Sean Marion. I like that. I'm gonna, I the agree. first one. I like that. He helped change the game, bro. His, his archetype was not one of the best. But when it comes to what he did and how effective he was, bro, he helped change the league. No, no you're right. Listen, his archetype was amazing. His, sh his shooting form was horrendous. That was, that's what was bad. <laughs> But he was a great player. He, that's a good. That's a good pull from like right away. <laughs> he yeah. immediately switched that bitch from half court. Yeah, <laughs> Sean Marion. Okay. Max Struess. Next up, the 76ers. Ooh man, one of my favorite players in the NBA to watch was T.J. McConnell. But that is a disgusting oh choice. I know. <laughs> I know. About? I yeah. know. I know. It uh, could it yeah. be Donovan's Pepe Sanchez? My issue in that. Oh my god! <laughs> you're 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 playing around. It's probably what are we gonna go like 
Andre Iguodala maybe because he was. No, nice. I was gonna say Andre Iguodala. He that, was that nice. might be that one. He was nice was when he was one. on on the Sixers. Hundred percent. I think Andre Iguodala was one of the most underrated defensive players of all time. And at that point, he was young. He had you could really drive. Shooting wasn't quite there yet, but he was one of the better defenders in the league. A problem. I 110 percent agree. He is one of the best players in history to not make, or he probably won't make a Hall of Fame, the Hall of Fame at all. Oh no, he made the Hall of Fame to do that. Easy, really. He's easily uh, ma- making all easy. He only has one All Star. There's not many one time All Stars in the Hall of Fame. Is he the has, Finals MVP is carrying you like that. It's the Basketball Hall of Fame. He was on the greatest teams of all time. He has um, what like international experience. I think I'm, I'm sure True. he was on the most You're disappointing right. international team of all time. He's there though. <laughs> he, 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 he was there though. He, he'll make it. I, I love Iguodala, but him making the Hall of Fame. Every, every, what happened to the game that I love? Just just give him time. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, can I make the Hall of Fame? <laughs> <laughs> Am I a legend? <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, the Los Angeles Lakers. There's, I feel like there's so many good picks here with this one. Underrated. Be careful. You have a lot of great players over the years. All they have, I is would stars. say, nah. But a couple tiers below star, Lamar Odom was fantastic. And he's another one of those players who would eat in the NBA today. Hmm. Okay. Martin's a good pick. Do you think the average fan knows how good James Worthy was? Absolutely not. Absolutely I'm, I'm not. Come on, come on, come on. It's, He's all famer though, but so I can't really be him. Is is, is James Worthy? I, 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 who else? Who else's name deserves to be up there in that conversation? Is it weird? And I actually, listen. You're you're right though. Like James Worthy is in the Hall of Fame, and so I I won't use that excuse to say why he's not the most underrated. But honestly, like. Dwight Howard? Because, because even though, and the only reason why I'm saying it is because Dwight was still putting up like 19 and 10 with a messed up back his years in LA. Like he was still productive whenever he it was is there. true. Kobe just got everybody to hate him. But he was he was a solid <laughs> player. I so hurt my uh, back one time and I couldn't get off the bed. So 19 to 10 <laughs> is really impressive. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, let's go James Worthy. I think, obviously, he's a Hall of Famer, but I think many average fans these days have forgotten about him over time. He he gets no PR with young fans whatsoever. Boo. My vote is Lamar Odom. I think he was that guy. I don't know nothing about Derek Fisher. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious, bro. Trifling. (laughs) Next up, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Y'all see that shot that Max Struess hit the other night? He might be in Cavs <laughs> history. <laughs> that was crazy. Listen, he has uh, nothing. Yeah. Max Schuess has nothing on Zendrunas Ilgowskis. I was about to say that, bro. On God, I was going to say big that. It's big Zendrunas Ilgowskis, yeah. It's probably Larry Nance. I, don't, I think most people don't think about Larry Nance as one of the better players in franchise history, but he definitely is. Well, actually, as you know, yeah, Larry, Larry, Nance, Larry Nance might get the credit. It might be Mark Price. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. People quickly go to Kyrie Irving as the best guard in cast history. Yeah. Mark Price is definitely up there. Mark That's Price the one. You guys hit it on the head. That's the one for sure. Mark Price, you are the most underrated player in Cavs history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, the Chicago Bulls. I love this. Listen. I want to say Joakim Noah. Wait, is I was he underrated? Say the same exact thing. I'm glad you said that. Another player that if he played today with that passing from a big man, it would be used <laughs> so much more than it was back in the late 2010s. I still one of the best defenders of his generation. So we're not giving Luau Dang his credit. <laughs> Shout out to Luau Dang. You did you did a lot for the African kids across the country, bro. But I'm not giving you, you that. You didn't credit. think Luau Dang would appear in this TikTok? 
<laughs> but he did. <laughs> are we not giving Tyrus Thomas his credit? Who? What are, what are we, exactly. Oh, man, you're that's too what, deep in the weeds. That's what I'm saying, underrated. What are we doing? Tony Kukoc? Hey. Tony Kukoc is hey. crazy. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I think he's like, he might, <laughs> he gets a lot of love, actually. It's like, yeah. oh, he's so underrated. <laughs> yeah. He might get a little too much love. Joakim Noah was an MVP discussions, bro. That was a nut. That was crazy. I don't know if that's like showed how down bad the NBA was or how good he was. Maybe a little bit of both. No, he was great. He was great. He was like top four in MVP voting, I believe, at one point in time. I was Joakim Noah. Listen, there was there was one year where he was at the top of the league in triple doubles with four. <laughs> crazy times, bro. Crazy numbers in in 2011. He's basically Nicole if you think about it. With defense. And nice hair too. <laughs> that might be the goats. That might be yeah. the goats. Oh God. <laughs> I love that shit. All right, next up. The New York Knicks. Mm. Who is the most underrated player in Knicks history? That's wow. a great Probably question. Bro. Really? He was a disappointment no, though. Not really. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> no, not really at all. <laughs> who is now? And we're talking about you, Trey you know, Burke you know back is? when he had braids. I might lean him. <laughs> I I I'm leaning towards Amari Stoudemire because mm. because Amari Stoudemire, if it wasn't for not only the injuries but whenever Carmelo showed up, that really changed what he was doing. But he was going crazy when he first got to New York, and then they brought in Carmelo, and that kind of threw everything off. But he was really really good, and I don't think looking back on that era, we look at everything that he was able to accomplish. Wow. So okay. may, maybe maybe stop maybe Stoudemire. Listen, there was like a twenty. Actually, no, 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 no. My bad. It's David Lee. Oh, David okay. Lee. David wow. Lee. David, David Lee was out here hooping for a long time. See, when, when you said the mix, last name Lee, trash. I haven't thought about David Lee in like twelve years. I love this. Let's bro, go, David Lee. <laughs> I was thinking about Courtney Lee before David Lee, bro. That's crazy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Courtney David Lee. David Lee was a problem. Warriors legend. Yeah, man. I'm Probably not gonna lie. David Lee's real. a perfect answer. I love that shit. What I know about David Lee? I, I know nothing. I know nothing. <laughs> nothing, man. With the little sloop for a hair hair. For his haircut yeah. was very interesting for the time. I had him bro. in my team in 2K13. He was a fucking demon. Listen, oh my God, Danilo was... Gallinari, David Lee. Oh my goodness! If you wanted to see a blowout <laughs> on Christmas Day, that was the team to tune into. They were gonna get blown out by 25 every Christmas. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. I love that shit, bro. All right, man. That's the last one. And that's the end of the episode. Mo, if people are still here, which they actually know. Happy birthday, here, Donovan. Comment, comment happy sure, birthday, comment that Donovan. Comment in a couple days. Or comments. Let's <laughs> keep Mo out of the hood. No, it's Isaac's time, bro. <laughs> I was going to say, let's keep Mo out of the hood. No. Both trying to be nice. I was just like, yeah. yeah, yeah nah, comment, nah, nah, nah. happy birthday, Donovan. <laughs> it's Friday. Spam his IG. <laughs> Go ahead, spam his TikTok. He deserves that shit. They kill, like, go to jail. I Isaac, like, go to jail. Up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we don't care about that. There you go, bro. <laughs> so what? <laughs> Good God, bro. He's part of content. That's not at all what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> what an ending, bro. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fuck it. Let's get, let's get, let's get Mo back into the hood. No. Let's comment. What the fuck? Happy fuck birthday, that. Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> we don't care about most come up. It's happy birthday, Donovan. That's hilarious. Happy birthday, Donovan, bro. <laughs> Go back to the Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds oh, like man. a slur. We'll see y'all later. <laughs>